0: I was 18. Uh, I had my first car. Uh, I loved going in the fields and and having, doing some slides and, and doing the fastest corner as possible. And I don't know why, but uh, it was like this. Uh, my my goal was to be the fastest in the corner. And then after the finish, you know, the last time control and uh, in the harbor of or the port of of Monaco, it's like. Okay enjoy the podium the ceremony with the, you know you are standing next to next to Thierry next to Roger next to Werfel
1: describe yourself your character your personality but using only three words
0: uh straight forward guy
1: <laughs> Welcome to WRC Backstories our exclusive World Rally Championship podcast presented by Bex Williams Welcome back, everyone, to the WRC Backstories podcast. I hope you're doing well wherever we find you around the world right now. We are hurtling at rapid speed, aren't we, to the end of the WRC season. I cannot believe there's just a handful of events left to go. In fact, I don't want to think about it. So let's move on and talk about today's guest. And I'm going to keep this intro pretty brief because the interview itself is probably the longest we have done here on Backstories. It's broken the record for the the longest interview. So I really do recommend that you you fill your coffee cups, tea mugs, whatever your poison may be, to settle yourself in, to listen to the pure County Kerry dulcet tones of the wonderful co-driver, Paul Nagel. I've been wanting to to speak to Paul for, for some time. Uh, what a great story he's had. He started rallying back in the 90s. But to get himself into the WRC, to have the achievements over the years, five victories at the top level, over 100 events within the WRC under his belt, he has some stories to tell. And believe me, he's told them. Uh, so I'm not going to say too much more about Paul right now, because as I said, he, he does say it all. Set yourselves in. I hope you enjoy this edition. As ever, please let me know who you'd like to hear from next. We have a few months to the end of the season, so we have quite a few more sports to fill up with the podcast. Let me know who you want to hear a little bit more about. Okay, without further ado then, everyone, let's hear from the man himself, Mr. Nagel. So we have given him the big build-up and I'm delighted now to cross out for the first time ever on the Backstories podcast to Kerry and join Paul Nagel. Paul, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I know we've talked so many times about doing this and I'm delighted that we're finally sitting down, both of us with a glass of wine, to actually do it. How are you doing?
0: I'm very good. Delighted to come on and delighted to do it eventually. It's been a a long time coming, really, I suppose, since I've retired. So it was it's nice to do it now.
1: Yeah, I, I still can't get my head around, though, that word, to be honest, and you, retired. It, it, feels, it feels weird to even say because, you know, we're not far off in terms of age. And when you say you're retired, I'm like, oh, damn, should I be thinking about this now? Uh, but we'll talk about that whole retirement thing and how you're feeling about it much later on, because... We're going to do the deep dive into the life of Paul Nagler. You ready to tell me some stories, Paul?
0: I sure am. I'll do my best anyway. What can I, what can I remember anyway? But I will, yeah.
1: That's it's a been thing, a roll. It's it? been a
0: roller coaster. That's the problem, you know. Like you, you can speak to like Julian Grassi or Daniel Lane, and it's like a it's a fairy tale. Nine eight nine world titles, all the rally wins where I've been up and down and sacked and dropped and not continued career over career where I started. It's been. It's been I've been at all aspects of the of the sport and all 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 areas. so it's uh, it's it's been a it's been some journey. it's
1: It's fair to say you've been around a bit with the amount of drivers you've been alongside. Okay, so we always kick off these podcasts in the kind of same vein um the only person I did it differently with was Sebastian Lowe because I completely forgot to ask him this question at the start of the podcast so it came at the end but if you could describe yourself in three words using three words only and they don't have to link at all they can be completely separate how would you describe your character
0: Uh, fun uh, professional family
1: yeah nice words I definitely do describe you as well. Totally. So, Paul, I was looking back at the classic website that we all love, EWRC, to see, you know, when when it all got going for you, because in terms of WRC, I remember you coming into the championship, but I don't know how it all got started. And I was, you know, amazed to see that it was like even back in the 90s, You were on the notes, which, you know, it was only a year after I left uni and you were already calling some notes then, which is is quite an achievement. I'm sure it dates back before that. But before we even get into all of that, I'm imagining you now in your little shorts going to school in the morning. (laughs) Were you good in school, Mr. Nagel? Were you the perfect A grade student?
0: no i wasn't i i i didn't mind school but i wasn't uh, i wouldn't be uh, that uh, academic i suppose with a been of word. i I potted away through school on my own my own level and uh i, I more had a more friends based relationship with everyone and i did my leaving started my final exams and everything but i repeated it just for good measure just because i didn't really want to go back out into the real world and i learned how to drive when i was in my repeat year the final year of school so we were able to do a lot of social events during school hours and just uh, off to rallies. And uh, and it was my first event, or the first time I purchased a rally car, got involved in a rally car, was in, with my school uniform. We went up to Cork, which is the, an hour and a half away from where I'm living. And one of my friends, Paul Iron, um, we bought an Opel Corsa and uh, we towed it down in the dark uh, with two school uniforms, bought a little Nova and put it into my shed for maybe two or three months because he didn't tell his parents he bought a rally car so I had to hide it for a while. How
1: much and did he pay first, for it?
0: Uh, I think it was tw- £1,200 which
1: was probably you- a lot was- of money. Yeah, back then. Back then, yeah?
0: it was a lot of but my, I've been all involved in motorsport at home because all the way through a young lad I was involved in the rally. My dad was heavily involved in the, the Rally of the Lakes and uh, and my first taste of really m- motorsport. I was always marshalling and timekeeping and, and up to the Galway Rally in February which is a big... After the year event and like every year for the rally of the lakes we used to have get off Friday early in school and go off to scrutineering and and help out in the rally for the weekends and we used oh. to have going to r- motor club meetings and all that but it's when my dad organised the, the historic rally that's when we bought the car as well and and it was the first it was his brainchild for years and he got it off the ground to run only historic rallies in 1996 and. It was uh, it was something myself and Paul said. Well, if we can get a car now, he might let us do something. If we can do an official sort, we can get him to do something. Would be great. And uh, so I was helping out with the rally, and I was trying to get it off the ground. And I was doing much again. So he gave us a job of dropping up the sandwiches, to all the marshals, and we—no, <laughs> we were delighted. It was like doing a WRC rally, like so. We were, we were delighted to do this and give all the sandwiches. And but I got a set of Patterson pace notes as well, just just to be safe, like so. So we, we got around all the way, like getting up Malls Gap when, uh, when you're 17 years of age on a road close, it didn't matter what you were doing, you were on a closed road and we learned a lot that day, we ran out of petrol, we had a couple of spins and it was an enjoyment thing and it, it was where where I got the love for the in co-driving and, and I did a few rallies with Paul and that's that where it really, really started for me and but as I had the background of, of motorsport so it was always going to happen one way, whether yeah. I was going to go competing, marshalling, organizing or something but I felt I had the, I had the ability to do go co-driving so that's where it all took off.
1: Yeah and I mean like you say it, it's your dad where it all began because of his heavy involvement and his passion for it all. Like, I I loved your dad Paul I have to say I met him on quite a few occasions and I remember vividly being in the Citroen service area and I, know, I remember us being in Spain I can't remember what year it was and I, I'd met him before and chatted but we were having a good old chat. We were talking about the whole day and what had happened out there, and and we were talking about how well you and Chris had done. And then, come the end of the conversation, he went, oh, "And by the way, I'm I'm Paul's dad." As if I didn't know, because <laughs> you're the absolute stamp of your father. You know, you look so so similar. Uh, but I, he was such a such a humble guy, and I can imagine you growing up as a little boy and being, you know, surrounded by his passion. Like you say, it was it was obvious you were going to fall into that.
0: Of course, and it wasn't even rallying. Rallying's still huge in Ireland, but back then in the 90s, you had the likes of Bertie Fisher and Oscar McHale, and uh, man, you had uh, Stephen Finlay and, and James Cullen, all these boys up rallying, and uh, you kind of fell in, and like you get up on a Saturday morning, and I can remember going back and Bertie Fisher driving the Pro Drive Subarus, and and Austin Michael and the Salikas and everything. Like it was it was the highlight of our year to, to mm. be around the rally we get to the rally lakes, I used to get my mother to bring us to uh, the odd rally as well because we weren't able to drive. But it was always it was always our destiny. And so to this day all my friends are still involved in the rally and the rally of the lakes and, and the historic rallies. But yeah, to get the historic rally off the ground uh, when it ran under our roof, like with my mom's secretary and my dad rallied or sure. It had to happen then for me, and, and you know, you, you know, I was three years the rally I was run out of the house at home, so it was it non stop. And it was, one rally used to finish, in the rally of the lakes used to start and back into his so it was nearly 12 months a year. Because if you, when you're when you running a rally, help you out a rally at home, you'd have to go marshaling for the neighboring club, so you used to be out marshaling you know, or doing timekeeping every second weekend. So that's but then when I got my license, things changed quickly.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet, but I bet, like you say, you were really kind of chomping at the bit to actually do something rather than delivering sandwiches for the marshals which in itself is you know nothing to be kind of uh frowned upon but how how much was the passion for for co-driving were you were you thinking driving at all or not
0: no 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 my dad did a bit of co-driving and so I was always happy with co-driving I don't know why I picked co-driving over driving but if you see my driving skills then he wouldn't think great about it so I was probably better off going to co-driving but uh, it was something we practiced when when we were at home. you to go by night or or, or, or a weekend. and um, you'd go call in you'd find patients nuts at home, or you'd get them off somebody and you got them a driver make notes and see can we could we drive to them and all that. That's the way I, I got into them. And then obviously I got in with Kieran O'Neill um in nineteen ninety eight. Um I did actually the, the ninety seven the year after the historics for our first year of driving uh uh, the sandwiches we got the zero car and rally of the lakes the following year. We're still in school, like we're just finishing our leaving cert.
1: Wow! And uh, I we mean were that's lo- quite, that's quite a massive thing to be the zero car when you're still teenagers.
0: Yeah, it was. We we're looking to get we were double zero, I think, but uh, we were looking to get it. Like a lot of people against us, two seventeen year olds going doing zero car for a rally. But we, we did a good job, and we ended up on Sunday. um as Zero, double O, the main car and Austin McCabe were starting behind us in Kara in Lake, and we were doing the Zero Car. And we were the only double O to finish that whole weekend in our little Opal. And uh, that's where we started meeting people. And and then I got out to the Isle of Man for the Manx rally in, in September that year. And I fell in with Kieran O'Neill, who was a big entertainer at home and was a high profile driver. And and I was kind of like, what will I do next? Where are go? And he said, I'll take you in a rally. Just we're out socializing. and. Mm. And the following year he brought me in the Rally of the Lake. So I kind of missed the apprenticeship years of learning the trade up through the, the little small cars and into small classes inside the big modified car. And which was a huge step, but I was I had probably believed in myself a bit too much back then. And I took the risks and took the chances and and I got in McCieron against a lot of people's wills again and said, No, you're not good enough. You have no experience and everything. And and to be fair, he he really put me um Gave me the chance and broke me into that level of, of co-driving and, and we finished 10th overall in my first international in, in Killarney at home and it that's where it really it really helped me to get into the two leaders and it just moved on from there in, in with Eugene Donnelly in the forestry championship where I learned how to call notes blind and do that championship north and south and um, he was then a huge high profile driver and I went on to win the historic rally in the 98 my last year my dad ran it and with Kieran, which was my first big well, victory in doing my home rally and and everything we've started doing at uh, the historic years and, and helping out my dad to, to get the rally off the ground to win it there and it was fantastic but and I went on with Kieran for another six or seven months but then I was doing the forestry championship with Eugene Donnelly as well in the north and south and the his historic rally clashed with uh with a Forestry round in, in Mayo in the north up near the north uh, the north west of the country and uh, I had to make a decision and I had to leave my home rally and the reigning champion of the rally to go do a forestry rally so I've probably mentioned a few times I've mentioned this on the podcast as well that like I've made decisions at crossroads in my life that mm. I probably wouldn't be here today if I didn't make the right one so I, I, I don't think I made many wrong ones but I had to leave my home rally against everyone was saying what are you doing now? it's only a forestry rally but I committed to the championship and, and that's where myself and Eugene kicked off and, and went down to finish second that Irish Forestry Championship year. but I learned a lot that year and I learned a lot in the Northern Ireland Championship as well, and I was building up a database and building up a skill set around the country, and I was starting to get a name for myself at a young age, and and that's where I got in with Eugene, and then obviously that was 99 and 2000. Then I was in with Eugene in the in the G3, the famous G3, had in Ireland, and we did the National Championship of the Tarmac Championship, so we were split that year. I went on to win the national in Donegal, the national in Killarney, the national in Cork, and won the national party championship. It was the first time the tournament championship split the championship. So I was lucky enough to be in with him all that year. And that was a huge step. That was He was the, he was the biggest two would drive man in the country at the time. He
1: was. I mean, you know, when I look back at your story, um, it, it is, and you say it yourself, you know, it's quite surprising to see you straight away with some big names. Kieran O'Neill, who, who still to this day is, is a huge character. Going back to him, why did he pick you? He had a choice, I'm he, sure, of a lot of other people, but why you? At such an early age in your career, why did he take a chance on you?
0: He got me drunk for the first time. <laughs>
1: well, that's a good as excuse, isn't
0: And <laughs> yeah, the man, my first time out and I got, that was my first time having the uh, night clubs and everything. I was very young. I was on holiday with my parents there, and I think we just got on well. And uh, he gave a lot of people big chances, like you look back, he yeah. gave Chris Patterson as well, and McBride, a lot of people in with him but look yeah Kieran was a big part of my career of my results to this day and, and I owe him a lot for that and I always, I always say that and he, he always reminds me as well don't worry so <laughs> of
1: course he does but, uh, that's the kind of guy he is
0: <laughs> yeah but it, it, going in with Eugene was, it was a big step as well because he was the man that everyone was winning and he was winning everything in, in this this mm. famous escort that he had and he moved on into the forestry then with the <clears throat> With the I wasn't it? I think we would put them out somewhere along the way as well in 2001. And, and I was, uh, I sat with Eugene and learned the Southern Forestry with Eugene. And uh, I again didn't win it. I ended up second because I was doing the, I was putting put them out with 2001. So I was just doing bits and pieces. And uh, that was the year the Peugeot Cup was in the UK where you had Rory Gallagher and Gary Jennings, Chris Meek, all and all that. them. And I, uh, I was, what did I do? I ended up doing the last two rounds with Rory Gallagher. So I want, that's where I wanted to go. I knew the next step was the UK. And I got in with Rory for the last two rounds, and he won the two rounds and won the championship, which was big for me. And uh, obviously, it was there, uh, birthday, and Matt Fisher were killed. So uh, that for the following year, uh, Rory was never going to take me because he, uh, Gordon Noble was going to get seated. And I was right because at the time I would like to have gone, but I knew. I didn't, I knew maybe I'm good, but I'm not that good to get into a factory car in the UK. But I was able to go with Gary Jennings who had who, had, who was doing the championship. And that year I did that and I did the Forestry Championship at Eugene as well. Um, but- uh,
1: You did a lot of events, Paul.
0: In I mean- 2002, I looked, yeah.
1: 2002, you did 25 events. So it begs the question, how, okay, I'm sure you were getting paid for, for working as a co-driver. But it, it, was it enough to sustain it as a full-time job at this point? Were you were you working? And if so, where were you
0: working? I certainly wasn't getting paid. all weekends. It was all weekends. Most of the rallies were weekends, but I was juggling Eugene Donnelly and, and Gary and I was doing some other rallies at home as well. And again, I came to Crossroads where I had to, to do the Pirelli or do the next round of the Forestry Championship. And I was keen to win the Irish Forestry Championship because I'd been second and we were leading. And I went on, and I told Eugene that no, I have to I have to go with Gary over to the Pirelli because it was a double header on the Pirelli championship and that clashed. And that was my in well, myself, Eugene totally understand. He says that's the career you need to go to. And I, I went off with with went with Gary and and Eugene went on to win five timer titles. And I went crossroads to the 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 um, Cup and we won that, which for me was such a demanding championship. And I learned an awful lot that year. it was it was cutthroat rallying. It was mm-hmm. uh, when there was a huge prize at the end of it. And uh, we won it in, with some fierce competition with, like you remember, Sean Gallagher, Ryan Champion. There was uh, Chris Meek was there as well. There was loads and loads of competitors. And every, every rally was only seconds between everyone. And we won that championship, but I didn't get the drive to follow me with Gary. So I took a bit of a step back from the sport in 2003. And I sat with my neighbour, um, Donio Solomon, who lives across the road from me. And I did a few W. I was getting into the WRC cars then, um, which helped and built up more experience and uh, it was 2004 uh, we did the time championship with an m Sport fo- focus and uh, yep. we'd won West Cork rally so my first international win in 2004 was West Cork and uh, I was having a big battle with the McHales and Derek McGarity and who had Tim McNulty it was a big battle all year we had a massive accident in Car Lake and Killarney we were like second having a race with, with Austin McHale that curtailed our time championship but Tony decided to do a Rally Catalonia. Um, the car was out by ADR and said, look, we'll do a WRC rally, things were going well there. So we went out into that, and that was my oh if I can spin back a small bit the air foot out, I ended up doing uh three rounds of the world championship doing gravel notes with Bobby Willis for mm-hmm. Abdullah Bakashab and my driver. That's how I got into know Rory. Rory did it with Rory Gallagher did it with me in Greece. And Martin Rowe or did it in San Remo and Al McShay did it for me in Cyprus. So that was my first taste of seeing all the world championship and there was Phil Mills out there, Nikki Chris, and all that was the Subaru money, the the five five five, the Marlboro money, like that's when the world championship was at its peak with all the factory yeah, drivers.
1: Absolutely. So how did that feel? Going out to do the gravel notes, seeing all these people who I'm guessing are heroes. Who were you looking up to at the time? Who was your inspiration? When you were driving, uh,
0: well, Colin would have been the driver anyone my age year going up with Colin, but I would have been a big fan of of uh, Phil Mills, really. I thought he's placed not calling with with Feller Salva, who was fantastic. So with Nicky Kristen, and Robert Reed, the three of them were there, Michael Park as well, they were all there. But I knew when I got out there, I said, right, how do I get to where they are? How, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? What What, what does it take? Yeah, and I was to yeah. be quite. I was still very young there. And I said, I, I can I can have a go at this, but I need to find the stepping stones. So I had to go back to the drawing board and say, oh, I need to m- figure this out. But I was in with like of Nile Martin Rowe and Rory. And I was in the right circles and Bobby Willis. And there was people around me as well. And the Pattersons at the time as well were very good to me. So I, they knew I, w- I wanted to go this direction. But it, the, the opportunities were hard to find. And I remember doing Grab Nuts in San and Martin Rowe. And it was... Uh, uh, Beef and uh, Marco Martin as well. we part of the Toyota team with uh, Abdullah Bakashev and Bobby. So I was doing grab notes for them as well at the same, same time. So again, we just got to know them briefly. But it was when I was to Spain to do WRC rally with Donnie No 4 in, in, in uh, Lertamar. That's where I did my first event and we finished 16th overall and everything. I just said, how am I going to stay here? How do I get back here? What do I have to do? And it's... I, I, it, it, yeah, it just, it, you were surreal, you had finished the WRC rally in a WRC car, like, what, what's next?
1: Well, yeah, and I can imagine the whole feeling going into it, because, I mean, it's not as if you were, you were a novice in any way, shape or form. You've done so many rallies in Ireland, in the UK, and you've just been boop, 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 seat time, seat time. Seat time. But then you go up a massive level into WRC territory. And was that a big step up then during that rally in Spain?
0: it was a big step up but we ran on the side of m sport there was no pressure make the pace notes enjoy the rally get to the finish Mm -hmm. uh but for a co-driver i learned a lot about doing the recce with gravel notes we had the trackers and you learned all those small things that helped when i got back out into the world championship again but it was a three-year rally, like it it was i think it was where chris won his jwrc round in spain as well that year i remember and let but. I just, when I came home from that I said, right, what can I do? And I had no drive for the following year, 2005, and I still was working at home and just managing a job and everything.
1: So what were you doing uh... for a job at home, Paul? Because people are going to want to know. People who want to be in your shoes right now are thinking, okay, he's got all this amazing seat time, but what is he doing to keep the money coming in? What was your job?
0: I had worked with the electricity company in Ireland, which is a government job. So I, at the time, it was only all. If you look at all the events I was doing, it was only weekends and Fridays. So I used up all my holidays. There was no holidays abroad, and I could work extra days and get time and leave and everything. So I wasn't even though I was doing a lot of rallying. A lot of the forestry rallies were one days. A lot of the national rallies were one days. The the British things I was doing with Gary were were small events as well. And so it was easy. But it, it got difficult as the years got on, and you had to take a leave of absence and get unpaid leave and get support from the government. And it's again, it's communication and saying the right things and dealing with people and with, with the bosses rep-
1: understanding.
0: They were understanding. They were very they were very understanding. But like if you represent your country at any level of sport and I the government job and you just have to go to the ministers and just talk nicely and, and deal with the managers and you have to be able to balance it in a such a way. And it worked for me for many mm. years and I was very fortunate and I still go back into that job now today. So that helps as well. But it was at the end of that you have know, that the, the, the 2004 in the prize giving um, and I'd been very friendly with Austin McHale all year and, and we were racing him in the timer championship and he, he said what am I doing next year he said he just said would you sit with the young fella in Galway in the Corolla they did an old Corolla World Rally Car.'" And I said sure, why not and that's where I built up the the relationship with Gareth and we went on to win the Forestry Championship that year after my third attempt because I'd finished second twice because I didn't, I missed the round both times I couldn't win it I won the Forestry Championship in 2005 and we had done the, some BRC rounds were in the Manx, we were in the Pirelli. I was at the rally that Matthew Wilson and Scotty had the huge accent down through the ski slope. I was Oof, the second car yeah. on I was I was the second car on that. Um and that was the Pirelli or Wales. Wales rally, Wales was I say, wasn't it? Yeah. And we did a lot of rallies myself and Garrett, all that year and there was talk in. there was the no six focus coming and we'll try and do some rounds of the world championship in uh in two thousand and six. And I suppose that's where that's where it started, really, to get into the World Championship stages. That, that experience, that 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 you can't buy experience, you can't learn. That's why I keep telling all these young people, you you can't buy experience. Like I always tell people, like the rallies, the Rally of the Lakes and the Dunny all these, they'll all come and go. They they'll be there forever. But if you get yourself into the World Championship and even the ERC now as well, it's where you can learn the database. You can't buy, you can't buy the experience. In two thousand and six, for me to do probably eight rounds of the world championship in a private car and learn the experience without the pressure of a manufacturer yeah um was huge and stacked in monte carlo in in monaco you just thought that was it i'm here but when you t- when you thought i was there in 2006 where i got to your it was only the bottom step of the pyramid to the world championship but uh, the experience i learned that year and it was phenomenal to be involved and we ran with Matt, Matthew wilson the whole year more or less uh, in 19000, we we're in Argentina, Mexico. Finished sixth in Mexico. It's got the first world Championship points. Yeah, there.
1: I've got that noted down on my pad. Not that I needed to, because it's kind of one of those stats. Because it's one of you know your first and your your best result at that time when you were first coming in. Um, You know, I remember vividly those times when you first came into the championship because you were like a little ball of fire with the ginger hair and the rapid talking and you were a million miles an hour in more ways than one. But you were just like like this huge ball of energy. And I remember thinking that back in the day, it was like, oh, he's really nice to have around just because he's he is so full of energy. Um, And it was a really nice partnership with you and Gareth McHale that seemed to work really well that year.
0: It, it did, yeah. Uh, uh, Speaking 100 miles an hour, I had to. I, I actually trained myself to slow down after that because a lot of people said to me, We oh, can't understand you. And so I I've, I actually t- decided to pull back myself a couple of gears and speak a lot slowly. And even though I'm talking to you, know, I have sometimes I, I mutter on a bit too fast. But uh, that was a great year uh, to, to to Mexico and and Ireland was was big, and uh, Rally Ireland was coming mm, into Canada yeah, event in the candidate. in 2007
1: was coming up in, yeah but yeah. It, i was there for the candidate event in 2006 so we and just
0: finished six to mexico yeah In march that was march when we were mm-hmm. hit, like we were, came straight home to rally to rally 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 Ireland. i think freddie likes it there wasn't he and yeah i can't think who else but we were Do you know what i, I think, can't
1: i can't remember who else the only things i remember from from that event and it's so stupid, Daniel,
0: Daniel, Carlson. Daniel Daniel Carlson Daniel Carlson
1: was there that's right we were in Inneskillen in Airport as as the service yeah. park. I remember that. And I remember Colin being at the stage ends because we were doing radio for the event. And, you know, he'd missed breakfast. And he was been talking about having a bacon roll. And one of the competitors brought him a bacon roll on their next pass around. It was just, the, it was wild there. But it was the anticipation of this event stepping up into the championship and having Ireland on the WRC, which, of course, for you, for so many um, competitors in Ireland was a huge thing
0: oh, it was huge the candidate was huge to get the rally Ireland for 2007 and especially myself and Garda after coming back off the huge result so we were we were high the kites going to the rally Ireland rally the candidate Vinton, who were a huge battle with, with Daniel and Freddie and, and um, Eugene Donnelly I think it was in the Corolla as well but uh, we crashed out in the fog um, on the second morning with a big enough shunt and that put us out and we went to Spain two weeks later and we went off uh, about two Ks into the first stage and I remember that uh, I can't think of the name of it. It's the rally is not it's not used now in Rally Spain but it's used as a road section and I remember Austin was just uh, we're just getting on the plane in Dublin and we were upside down down, down a ravine not much to far down I was just off but there was two or three cars off in the same corner but that, mm-hmm. was two focus, that was two focuses destroyed in the space of two weeks so our sixth place in Mexico the shine wasn't long coming off the sixth place in Mexico four weeks later there was two, two forwards in there but all that year I was doing, I was rallying with both Garrett and Aaron, so I was doing the National Championship with Aaron as well, so I was nearly out every single weekend as well, and myself and Garrett went to Sardinia, we were in Argentina as well, we were in Germany, and we were in Japan and GB, so there was a big programme of events, I think, but that, that experience that year was, was, was incredible, to learn all that, and like when you're in Mexico you had Millie looking after us as well in the M sport because you John know when you go abroad. Yeah. yeah, that's right. When you're out when you're out in the out in the world championship, you know, as far away events, when you're a private year, you fall in with the manufacturers and we were the leading for that. That and there's something we're leading so Millie was kind of mind us to make sure we get to the finish and everything. So that was a huge thing, like to get to get points on the board, like it's another box ticked and and in two thousand seven we went on to the we went on to the the new focus, but it was left and drive and it wasn't as wasn't the good. We didn't Monty. We were in Galway if you remember and yeah. Marcus Granum came over because they were all coming over to do the rally. World That's Championship right. rally. So they're all getting practice. Correct. So we were finished second to Marcus to in Galway. Yeah. And we didn't have a good run in Mexico and we were in, we finished Portugal. And it was when I was in Portugal I was in, I did West Cork as well with Dorney, but we didn't start the rally to, or no, we did the first stage in the clutch winter McKenna Kenchiscar. Uh, I met Chris McDonough. He's done with my 1st I'd met him at rallies and I'd met him briefly at, mm. at, at at functions. But he said he was just chatting to me and he said you're doing much rallying. I said, oh, I'm doing a The World Championship away tipping away with Garrett. And that when I was out in Portugal, he sent me a message. I'm doing the Soccer of Ireland. Would you be interested in going? I said, why not? i was doing plenty of rallying. What's another rally like? So, and I'd also done a a Farshelli guy Wilkes. Would you believe?
1: I was just going to mention Guy's name because you're racking through the names now. We've had obviously Kieran. Uh, Eugene Donnelly, Donny O'Sullivan uh, Gareth McHale, you mentioned Chris Meek now. And yeah, I saw a random Guy Wilkes in it all, which I hadn't even realized had happened.
0: Yeah, he, he, that was the last minute thing in Cork He came over to do it. Somebody had done a deal to get and I got a call out and blew on Thursday at the rally Saturday, would you go? I said sure. It's only, it was only half an hour away from now <laughs> I'll go with Guy Wilkes, so why not? So but it was good getting these calls, you know, and, and when Chris the six I so I must be doing something right anyway. Yeah in co-driving to, and I went to the Circle of Ireland with, with Chris and we were leading until the engine blew which was a big disappointment and then I went to Killarney was our my next home rally and Chris in, entered it and I was still with Gareth because I was coming to sit in my guard that year and uh, Chris went on to win the Rally later with Jonas Anderson oh, who has been about 12 years listening to the two of them Jonas especially that they'd won Killarney and I never had won it
1: I was about to say this was such a sore point for so many years and Jonas took every opportunity he possibly could wherever we were in the world to remind you that he'd won your home event and you hadn't.
0: Oh, well, he did. And I remember being in Germany one year and I think Chris himself, Sam Moffat and Sam's over, I said it was Carl Axel, were there. And he said, "What of all we in common... And I stand in there, they'd all wander the Rally of the Lakes, like just in the middle of Germany and Panzerplatte are one of these days, and they just still got mileage out of it for years and years and years. But yeah, I was—I that was the, Chris Kim and, and, and Dominic, they eventually, like, I think, I think, six that year. And then I went on to Sardinia a couple of weeks later, and we had a massive accident myself and Garrett. Uh, it's up there, one of the biggest ones. I went down the ravine, at, um, I'd say we're down 300 feet. Uh that was before our trackers or I don't think they were in no you didn't press any buttons. I can't remember. Well, there was there was trackers there. But we both got out of the car and we were a long, long way though. we both to to the hospital and uh Gar the night there and the car was astride and I had to re- it reset me, then I was May. It reset me for a few months because I would Right, that was a big fright. I was shaken. I was badly shaken. I was, I, I was rattled from it. It was a first major. I had big ones, but nothing like that. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of hostility for a few months, and the blame games were going on, and there was a lot of hassle. And I just switched off to right a couple of months away, have a bit of crack at home and Germany. So Chris was down a lot of times doing a bit of testing, and he got the opportunity to do the uh, Ulster Rally in the Pirelli Subaru because Mark Higgins was doing both challenges, but he was committed to the BRC in the Group N with the Stobart Group Encar, so this Pirelli imprezza was, mm-hmm. was uh, available for us. So Chris said, you go again with you And I said, I was slow enough in coming and he talked me into going because I said, no, I'd take a bit of a break. But he talked me into doing it and I got back in. I was worried, I was a bit nervous because I, I said, was, confidence was a bit down and and it was not going on over the, during the summer. And, I just went and we led it from start to finish and like we raced all the best boys in Ireland that weekend and Derek McGarrett, Andrew Nesbitt, the whole lot of all in S12s and 12Bs or whatever, the S14s. But we're in an S11 and I think we won it by nearly three minutes and Chris showed dominance from start to finish. and mm. That's where me and him began to gel there and obviously six weeks later was Rally Ireland and I had a decision to make Um, and again a crossroads in my life that I had to make and I made the right one I put my hands up now and I made the right one to go with Chris Chris said it's a one-off I've one-off. I've nothing as like Chris for many years had no opportunities he said this is one-off I'm going out no I'm not telling him what to do and I knew the Garrett would have gone on to would have more things because they had great support and they had great sponsors and everything so I moved camp and didn't go down very well, realistically. and um, uh, yeah. I suppose I can, I, I, I it was a lot I, of questions, I can, yeah, a lot of questions I can, asked.
1: I can imagine it was difficult because you'd been with Gareth, you'd stuck with Gareth, and then you're making the decision to, to leave. So what was the reaction from from the McHale camp?
0: No, it wasn't good, no. Myself and Gareth would have been very, very close. We would have spoken nearly every day as well. We'd grown very close to each other. But no, it didn't go down well. I wouldn't be able to uh, say the words that were said. But look, at the time, I made a decision that I felt was right. A lot of mm-hmm. people didn't agree. A lot of people in Ireland. I had, I, my reputation probably went down a lot. But I didn't care. I think I had to take the chance to go at Christian Rally Ireland. Um, yep. Yes, we, we, we were torred after Stormont. We crashed out. Probably put ourselves under too much pressure. But I did. Uh, I, and to this day, I think I did the right thing. It was a it was a gamble and I took it I did it and then the following year I sat at home for 2000 and that was seven two 2008 and I had uh, I had nothing on and Gary no. went, ta- went on to win the Tama Championship in 2008 and I'm counting the Tama Championships I'd lost in I'd moved from Eugene Donnelly I'd moved <laughs> from Garrett McHale I'm down about five time championships here I have nothing to my name absolutely no and I was going oh, have I done the- have I gone down the whole totally wrong roads here but
1: well Was I'll it really be, a big? I, was it a big moment where you did question your decisions or not?
0: I, I questioned them for a while, but I said, "Look, I'll, I'll get going again." And I knew, I knew I was going the right way. If I kept focusing myself, that I'll do the right thing and I make the right decision. Keep going, you'll get there. Mm-hmm. You'll get there. Like, two thousand eight was a lean enough year, really, because I, I did West Cork with Donny. I think uh, I would say, you did. yeah, we won, we won West Cork, yeah, and then. Yeah, not
1: only did you do it, you won it. Won it yeah, <laughs> so I
0: won it. Yeah, my favorite rally in the my favorite rally in Ireland, but I shouldn't say outside the Rally in <laughs> the But it is it is. <laughs> well, it's mine too. Of... We can yeah. we can
1: join hands on that one. I absolutely yeah. adore West Cork as well.
0: Yeah, but, but it, you, I didn't...
1: You, what I like about two thousand and eight for you is that, like you say, it's a lean year. Okay, in comparison to some of your other twenty event years, but you had an again at different drivers. Within that, so you kick off with Donny O'Sullivan. Chris Meek features. Gwyneth Evans features as well in that year. Which Gwyneth Barry Evans, Clark, Barry Clark, and, and Barry, Barry Clark. Clark. Yeah, and Mark Higgins.
0: So uh-huh, you know, yeah, you got g- up, Mark, yeah.
1: <laughs> the Bulldog Rally.
0: That's right. Yeah, no, I, I remember Chris got a drive for Killarney last minute in the Clio, and that's where the whole the whole IRC thing started really kicking off. We we mm. had massive running Killarney in the Clio. We're setting fast the times against all the world cars. And, Finished fifth overall. We'd have been a lot higher on for a puncher on and or our Groom, but uh, and then I went to Russia with Chris. That was an that was an experience.
1: I'm sure. And before uh, oh, you went
0: by to the r- way, before, before
1: you went to Russia, where did you go? <laughs> where did you win? But,
0: but Barbados, yeah, but we just leave that as, an, as a as a hidden treasure, like that. It's just a brilliant place in the world, and it, but we didn't win it once, we won it twice, so it was. Uh, it still reminds me, I still put it up there with the, one of the best results we speak about. It's so regular. Myself and Chris, and we're chatting out. If we meet out anywhere now an or anything, you speak about, I speak of Finland, you speak about Barbados and the times. Like, and we didn't care back then. We were in no, the late 20s. There wasn't a girlfriend, a child, a dog, a cat. There was nothing. We just lived life from one week to the other. And it was perfect. great. That we went perfect. I yeah. went from Barbados to Russia. It was like that's some baptism fire <laughs> over there. I remember we. We flew into we flew into Finland and Guy Wilson did mine. We were doing the rally as well, so we flew to Finland and Chris said, "I said, would you show me uh, a And he went through Unipire stage on the way because we'd cross over Vyborg, and he showed me that's where Danny crashed, that's where I crashed, this is where Yari crashed. We went through the whole stage and went up into Vyborg and we were driving this R3 Cleo with Monoretto. and it just broke down every stage. The stage was so rough, and uh, we just started betting everybody how far we go today, how far in the second day the car. Just- broke down completely and that was, the first, that was an IRC round that year and you had the BF Goodrich car and Johanna was driving the BF Goodrich car so Mark Valendallon was there with the Freddie Likes and uh, Nicola Bouis and mm. his feet and all of them and we'd retired so we'd retired to the, to the bar with the, with the Russians drinking the bar at the hotel and a rare spot now in Vyborg like it's it's funny to sit back and go into reception and you check into the room and, and 20 minutes later the reception is swinging on a dance pole inside the bar it was all, oh, yeah, one of these what? places. That, yeah, that's this was Rally HQ, by the way. So we ended up out in the rally, sitting in the bar, drinking vodka with the locals, myself and Chris. Said, then we are texting, Guy, Will you, you won't be much longer now, you won't be because he was breaking down as well every couple of stages because it was mm-hmm. so rough and they are small r three cars. And that's where we met Mark Van Dalen. Chris met Mark Van Dalen, probably three or four vodkas too many in. And that's where the chat started the, the whole thing about Persia UK and why not get involved. I have the Persia in Belgium and Luxembourg and all this and Mm. that's where that started off and when I got home from there uh, I think Scotty Martin got on to me about Barry Clark was looking for a co-driver he's after getting the Munchies drive for three rounds in Turkey and oh
1: that's a name I haven't heard for a while the Munchies World Rally Munchies,
0: Munchies Ice Cream Turkey Turkey Croatia no Turkey Corsica and Rally GB with him and as he's so with all t- that was in a factory car as well. So I was in, a, in the factory cars, ran under Emsworth Banner. So again, I was building up a big database and, and l- learning away as much as I could. And, and we we're top 10 finishes in, not, I think, all three rallies. And obviously, I, I got... Fulham,
1: you did, yes. Yeah, and
0: I didn't get a call. I was in... Oh, we, myself and Chris went to Rally Germany in the little Clio, mm-hmm. Monoreto Clio. Um, we were leading the... The super six hundred class by over two and a half minutes, that including Sebastian Nogier, and the second last stage, since I fell off the car, oh. and we retired. We got to the finish, we dropped a load a load of time, and I just got home from that rally. And, and Gwynedd Evans picked ADR. We're running Gwynedd Evans. I so were running Mitsubishi, and mm. Ro- uh, uh, Gwynedd got the seat for the last couple of rounds. And that was an experience as well because I was young fella still learning to go back to old school co-driving and these yumpy crests and all these fancy words, the Welsh words. Even the elephant still does them. But uh, I did I did three rounds. but I tell you words. This, Come uh, on, you've got to
1: give you gotta give me an example of what you No, mean. I said yeah, yeah,
0: the Yumpy crests. I can't think what else yeah, used to have.
1: and Elvin still uses it. Still
0: you. uses it. But yeah. I learned would you believe I learned an awful lot from him because he was such an old dog and an old carter and had all the factory seats and I did the three rallies with him. And it was incredible to sit in with him and just listen to his stories. And
1: yeah, I'm sure. He definitely
0: taught me a thing or two and, and taught me bits and pieces and, and tidied myself up because I was probably on the way up the ladder flying away thinking I was doing well, and he probably knocked me down a notch or two. But that's uh, a good thing. You year. need people
1: like that, though, don't you, in your life? Because I think we can all get a bit ahead of ourselves and think, oh, yeah, I'm doing really well here. And then you need someone to come in and go, actually, mate... <laughs> you need to rein it in a bit or you need to backtrack and look at these little areas. That's interesting that Gwyndaff did that for you. What would you say, Paul, if, you, okay, I'm putting you on the spot now and to think back then, what would you say were the areas that maybe he kind of told you to work on a bit?
0: I think it was my pace, not writing and and um, and being more observant on the road sections and, and or on the service area and the service parts and all that He was he was quite good at. But it was just a general knowledge of everything and, and you could just listen to them and you pick up things from just talking to them and it was, mm. it was really good. It was similar to what I did Mark Egan as well. Mark asked me to do the Bulldog and he'd made the notes off a video and we, I called some corner and if it was a three, I think it should have been a six, which was a five. We were two gears too high and he kind of went off and he says, oh, sorry, Paul, listen, the video must be wrong. I'm like, no, the pace note was wrong. So he, we were off the road. But we got going, but... Uh, it was he'd rewrote all the notes. Drive away, cause there was no recoup for the bulldog. So he decided that he'd walk the the, the onboards themselves. But that was the one off with Mark, but it didn't go well, and the car gave a lot of trouble. But that was in the um, was it the Opel or the MG? or One of them. He was in the inside, MG. I think. MG. Was it? <laughs> And that was it. That was and then that was the end of that year, and and it started bubbling up that that, that Chris was on the verge of getting this Peugeot UK drive, Peugeot UK Peugeot UK drive. And the whole world crashed. That time as well, it was the recession happened away, and I said, This might happen. Right. And uh yeah, I remember Chris going over and meeting all the first UK boys and uh, and he said, Look, it's gonna happen. We'll we'll get started anyway. We'll we we'll get to the first couple of rounds and uh went over and that was it. I got the big IRC deal to to go on. and at the time we were still not getting paid the IRC and people I said as some of these people know back there, I said, I I won an IRC championship without getting paid or all this. And, Got, and perjury. Okay, we're looking up to give us the opportunity and do it. And I should open delivery of the the launch over and over in uh, Coventry, I think it was. And I saw yeah. all the big trapes of Union Jackson I said in my lovely fancy race suit so with a big Union Jack on the side. Chris got great mileage out of it, but I I didn't care. They were paying the bills, and uh, they were paying yeah, the we bills. Were...
1: But were they paying you? Because
0: only some... expenses, very little, very little. No, they wouldn't so have you been. You see, in... you know,
1: a lot of people will think, you know, at that level. That you would have been been paid for that, but the reality was, then they were covering expenses, and yet fair play, you went and made the most of that season. You won the championship, probably unexpectedly, to be honest. But that that's done you well. But you should have been paid for that, surely.
0: Probably should have, but I think we had nothing coming on two previous years. Need to build up experience, like we were getting involved with parallel sport and doing all some of the testing. So you get paid for that, so look. Did it bother us at the time? Not really. We went off to Monte Carlo with a brand new Puget 2000, 2002 07. Yeah. And in, Sebastian uh, Ogier Union was Jack livery. <laughs> oh, Union Jack livery. I didn't care. <laughs> uh, and Sebastian Ogier was our teammate. He'd come on mm-hmm. the scene and he was in the BF Goodridge car. He'd won or he got the drive BF Goodrich gave him the drive from Monty and we were teammates. And uh, I had good experience with Monty. I had done it twice, so I knew what was going on. It was, it was a really tricky Monty. We used to go up to San bonnet and San bonnet yeah, all yeah. those stages. San I remember going uh, yeah. up that year. Yeah, yeah, you were doing all the podcasts that year for us. And, That's right. Uh, I
1: was working with Peugeot UK first of all, doing podcasts with you guys just for Monty and Brazil, and then we switched to vidcasts, video. Yeah. Hit the championship then from the Azores onwards.
0: Yeah, and I still have all those at home. They're brilliant to look back and now and again we were young people then, but oh, we up Monty, yeah. we were having a huge like. So you had, you had, you had Fiat, you had. Puget. It was ourselves, pretty lights, and Nick Lavuas, and you had a uh, um, skoda over there with Hanan and Jan Kapikis. So we were, having, and Seb was with us as well, teammates. And I remember meeting him for dinner the first night, and he couldn't speak no not a word of English. No way. We had dinner next to that hotel in uh, the Star Hotel in Nice, and uh, he'd no English, not the word of English. And we were just and himself and Julian were there. We raced all day Friday. And Saturday, there was a big battle between all of us. And Saturday, mm. yeah, Friday, Thursday, it was Thursday and Friday and Saturday morning. We were on, on our way to... Uh, first day Saturday it was called the party. Saturday morning. And Hannon went off in the first corner. There was only 20 seconds between fours. So we were fourth, third. Uh, Seb was leading. And uh, Hannon went off in the first corner, hit a tree upside down. Uh, Freddie got a puncher and we acted playing six gear on a straight road hit a bridge and destroyed our brand new car and that. destroyed the car was absolutely destroyed. And it was very unfortunate. that We didn't realize how bad the slush was. And uh, it was, it's a straight line. we passed it last year and two years ago with Craig as well. And it's just flat out uh, mm. The corner corners, not even a corner and you just took off and hit the bridge and the car was destroyed. And I encourage UK weren't happy. And Mark and Dallin and Cronus as well, none of them were happy. And so we had to go to Brazil and no one had a clue what was going on in Brazil. Um, there wasn't um, much knowledge
1: yeah. of the rally at all there, was it? Curachiba, I remember the place. I remember getting yeah. lost in it quite a few times. <laughs> but there was not a huge amount of info on what the stages were like, what to expect. Gravel rally. Um, but as it turned out, pretty good one for you and Chris.
0: Yeah, we did. We came out and we had the Gorgeous car. And Mark, I remember Mark by don't you put a mark on this car. This car is very lucky. I think Hannan had won it. It had won three rallies in a row. And we went to... Uh, Brazilia, and we led the rally from SAC to finish and Christian put them put him wrong all weekend and it was perfect, we needed it, we badly needed it and that put us up to Azores we still had to be a good risk out going to Azores even back in the first UK colours and like Azores, people no one know what Azores looks like it's got mm. the volcanoes and now we went out there no one had a clue, we were driving through the big high ditches and it was Saturday night Someone texted me and the weather's strange over there. What about all the big drops? And we had no idea because you couldn't see them unless you were told. And like even the finders. <laughs> That's to probably find Azores, a good thing, Paul. It's probably a good thing. Even to find us, find Azores. Where's the Flying to Lisbon and get another flight again. I went on to win that one. It was fantastic to win that one. And the momentum was starting to, to, to gather and we were going to Ypres and we went back to Azora back to Barbados and the one there again just for a good measure. And uh, we went out into Eper, which was the big one of the year uh, it was Freddie's home event and Mark Van Dalen was managing us and the three of us and Nicola Vuies and you had you had Basso you had all the Belgians you had all the Italians um, so we took off in a big race with Freddie and I think after two and a half days or no it wouldn't be two a day and a half it was late in the evening, but only, it was only 0.2 between us three stages to go and to be fair Mark Van Dalen from Cronus left us go left us race and uh uh, the rest of the field rally were were away back and uh, and Freddie uh, we got ahead of Freddie then with two to go and Freddie got a puncher and uh, we got through the last one and won it and at the time for a good few years after that was my finest victory um, yeah. to win an and winning winning your first attempt and winning an eper uh, was incredible and it was never done I think it was done once before in your first attempt but to beat Freddie in his back door it's not and Freddie's gone on to win I think eleven of them.
1: Oh, it's, it's a ridiculous number that he's won. Yeah, and it I, is. I remember how special it was and how oh. I still remember now the goosebumps, you know, you coming into the, the final stage and and knowing that this could happen and how momentous it was, you know, for you both. And Chris's dad was out there as well um, That's right, at the yeah. stage end. And it it was such an incredible feeling. It had been a brilliant season already. But I think coming into the season, like I said at the start, I don't think anyone was going to be pinning any championship hopes on you. First season in the IRC, up against some, you know, regular drivers who had already had championship success, and they were back again. But yet, 2009 turned into this. Well, apart from the start in Monte Carlo, where it really wasn't a great result, it turned into a bit of a dream season.
0: It did it? Did we? We, tra- we trained the bones. And we went up to Madeira, and that was a reality check in Madeira. It's very localised, <laughs> it? it's it's, uh, yeah. it's very localised and to be fair, I put it mildly, we were cleaned. We were absolutely, we finished fifth, a distance fifth, but I sort of kept saying to Chris that weekend, we need these points, These that fifth place can be vital because we come from three wins, you'd expect to go on, we get another podium and there was no catching any of the locals and we were well beaten and then we got on to Barham and obviously it, with Young Kovecki and Barham and we knew if we can just stay close and Barham, their home rally. And back then it was a dangerous rally. Still is a tricky, dangerous rally, but back then mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, uh, it was pretty hairy. But we ended up finishing second. It was a great result for us. We spun early on in the first day, but we climbed our way back. And that was a big second place for us. And Perjury, sporting, we were really heavily involved in his testing. We were out in Rally a Mont Blanc rallies, brilliant rallies to do. We were up there and Perjury gave us, gave us extra seat time. It all went to San Remo that year then. And the championship wasn't in our minds in, in San Remo because we knew everyone. It was Scotland in the last round. Everyone's gear up Scotland. It's going to be a grandstand finish here with with, with ourselves and Capecchi There was only two who could win it. We went to Italy and and, and to San Remo. And the first night was in the dark, and we were fourth after the first stage. Capecchi went off in the dark to off and we got through the rest of the loop. We were fourth behind uh, Freddie. I think Freddie was a ahead of us and there was Basso and there was a load of Italians because all the Italians anyone could score points back then it wasn't just a championship and that night I remember Chris was saying like if, if we win the rally we win the championship and we were fourth and our teammate was ahead of us so we could get ahead of him one way or the other um and then we had to get ahead of Basso and after two stages we're leading the rally and from then on when when Chris gets his nose ahead and when you just get focused in on, on a title and you have it And the rest of the afternoon, just sail by and and you win San Remo at your first attempt again. And like for that year, there were two that That is San Remo's result. You don't beat Italians in the backyard.
1: No, it was was Andreucci who was there as well, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, you know, Paolo Andreucci, who had so much success in San Remo. I remember going into that, that second day thinking... Yeah, we had to prepare ourselves filming you guys and, and creating the videos. It was like, shit, they could win the championship today. And Ben, who was filming with me at the time, neither of us were prepared for this. You know, it would just This was just going to be a regular day, filming you guys, chatting away to you, fine. But no, no, no you were going to win the championship. And Chris and yourself, you were so cool, calm, and collected going into that day. And it was only after you'd won that i remember chris saying that he'd even he'd gone for a run that morning um and you know he he just felt really calm going into the day and talked a lot about family and then this this result happens i remember being at the final stage i'm going to get your thoughts on it but from my perspective we were waiting for you at the final stage chris's brother was there there were some family friends there, there wasn't a huge amount of people at the end of the final stage and eurosport who were filming it they actually missed that you'd won the championship because they weren't expecting it either. So you got interviewed by them and then you pull down a little bit further to us. And I remember there being this, instead of this roar of excitement and and shouting, there was this just silence. Chris got out of the car and he, he ran into his brother into Barry's arms and they hugged and everything. But then there was this real calm that came across everything kind of unlike any other championship win. Maybe you would see you were all really excited, but there was this real calmness about it and it, I've got goosebumps thinking about it now it was such a special moment for me to witness to see you guys achieve such an incredible feat in that season and to do it you know really really well with the wins under your belt it was oh it was special what was it like for you crossing that final flying finish?
0: No it was a very special feeling you know you you worked so hard to get to stage your career and your life and at that time, it was the greatest moment of of our careers to win the, the championship. Uh, it was a special moment. It was a family moment for Chris and, and Barry. The same week, in the same day, it was an anniversary for them. Uh, yeah. But it was very special. It was very special to win it. Like it, 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 Chris Meek was lighting up the world at the time, and, and, and Paris UK were having having the the year of their life, and we wanted mm. our year life. But it was it was it was it was very very special, and uh, and to do it in such an iconic rally. One of the most famous tarmac rallies in the world as well. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it meant the world, and you felt in the world that you're at your at your foot, and you can do what you want. But uh, yeah, we came down to reality in Rally, Scott. With the rally Scotland. went to Rally I think the whole anti-climate was gone, and we went to Rally Scotland. We won the rally comfortably. I think I was the driving scorer or some score the UK or mm-hmm. something. We're trying to do, and uh, the hype was built up, but I, there was no answer. he we just ran away at the rally, and, and to me, I still won the rally. I still have to watch to see. I won the rally. We were excluded the following day because some part was underweight, yeah, or some cross member, or it was not performance related. It was a stupid decision to make, but anyway, that was it. I still have won that rally, and I don't care. So, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. God damn it, I won that rally. You can't take it from me. <laughs>
0: But it all, it all, it, it all, looked great for the following year. And, and Chris is a very loyal person, and like we chanced to go to Scotland. There was been offers to do everything, and then Chris had
1: there was, it, was was it oh, a lot yeah, of yeah, offers on the table. Oh, yeah, after yeah, we, we, we could have
0: gone to Scotland. There was no question we could have gone to Scotland. Absolutely, that was. But Chris said that Perth UK were so good as Mark Van Dalen gave us a second chance. We had to go, but we knew the Scotland was coming strong. They've mm. been developing a lot, and we could see towards the end of the year they were getting closer and closer. Just our Car was very good, but. In 2010, in defending the title, it wasn't a great year. Uh, Monty went off in the ice, hit a bridge, went off. There was no Super Alley, retired early. That was a disappointment. We won Brazil again. Uh, the speed out there, the car worked very well. We retired on the road section to the Super Special in Brazil, line, or and Argentina lying second. Some suspension broke part. Uh, Canaries, we were racing. Uh, Thierry Nebel was our teammate. First time in the, T- the series, Thierry was our teammate in Eifer the year before. Thierry. Uh, we were fastest in all bar two stages we got a puncher uh, we the we the rim cracked and we and a bump stop and change of wheel started we were off E we probably a big crash uh second in the Zores. but the whole year madeira we struggled the whole year engine and madeira um we had a disappointing year um, i remember.
1: I, re- I remember it being disappointing and I remember having to chase you and Chris for interviews when things were going wrong. And it'd be like, right, let's find them. Where are they? Oh, they've gone back to the hotel. Go back to the hotel. Nowhere to be found. Texting Paul. Texting Chris. Where are you? Where are you? Nothing. And then we'd hear your little laughter. So you'd be by the pool with some beers and we'd find you and interview you. But it was it was a tough season. I do remember well, that. Because 2009 was so good, Paul. That's the problem, isn't it? When you have a great year like that and then the difficulties come in the next year, it is hard.
0: Yeah, the, word, the risks were high we were taking not risks but we are taking chances and, and the score was just that edge better than all and we were taking the risk to race and, but we did we up to Saudi in the Costa Smeral rally won that to help and Rucci win the Italian Championship we were in finished second in Scotland and we did Mont Blanc as well and no it was it was a disappointing year in general and, and, but then we probably our Chris's both our focus was on on another project probably halfway through the year and uh, we were heading down the Mini route and we did ProDrive and David Richards.
1: The Mini World Rally Team, Mini WRC, which I think was quite an exciting project for, for everyone on the outside to see because a, a new team coming in, that's exciting. New car, seeing Mini back in the championship, let's say, although in a, in a different form. But it was such a short-lived adventure. Tell me about how that came into being, that whole Mini
0: we w- we, w- tested C- no, we, we tested not yeah, we tested in yeah, we tested October and I remember Tannic was testing there with Malcolm Martin and we came on for our first test and the car felt okay but you knew it had a lot of development in it. We were promised the sun, moon, and the stars and, and there was a good bit of development done. We were only doing six rallies and Danny Sort was going to be our teammate and we do the recce for the other six and we would uh we would uh do as much testing as we can. But uh, and the I remember being at the launch and the launch was probably one of the better one one of the top three launches i was ever with BMW Mini were there the, the, in Pro Drive in Banbury. It was fantastic to see, but we had problems and we had problems in the lot of rallies. Uh, we two, cra- we crashed in France. Danny got a podium. Uh, GB, we spun in the last hairpin, the racing and hitting Zalvo and we should have been third. We spun and ended up fourth and we got our power stage win in Rally Spain. But the cracks were on the wall midway through the year. with we had a three-year deal uh, And it just fell apart after after Rally GB. Even though we were we should have been on the podium with a good rally, but uh, I think it just came to an abrupt end very very quickly. And Mm. by Monte Carlo, the three-year deal was all over. And there's no point talking about. I think Chris summed it up very well. He said, "It's like your girlfriend leaving you, become a prostitute." I think Mm -hmm. it was well quoted, you know. And the car was rented out for the year. Then he did a few more rallies, but it just fizzled away and. It hit Chris Harden in, in 11 and he'd taken so many knocks when he was in the Citroen days and when Danny got the factory car and he'd gone back in, in second year pairs, like, should he have gone to Skoda didn't got the mini deal if he'd gone to Skoda route in 2010 would you have got in with the Volkswagen gig when Volkswagen was starting to kick off you think of all these these options Crossroads back then. like you Cross mentioned Crossroads, Crossroads. Well, but I was, well I was saying steady enough when I was happy enough travelling with Chris but yeah. it came to it came to that Chris more or less that's the thought that was it and that was the end of 2011, and we felt well. Wh- where are we now? after being IRC champions two years early, it's weird. As I said, a lot of people like rallying. You can it's you can be knocked off the top perch very very quickly, and it's very hard mm-hmm. to get back on it. And it, 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 it's one of those sports that like you can just fall from grace very quickly. And that was it in January. We wrote that's it, no more.
1: And I mean, it, like you say, it's it's a shock to the system when you think you've got a three-year deal under your belt and you think you can just oh, breathe a little and and get into the team, enjoy the the people, the car, the events. Suddenly it's all over and you guys are looking for jobs again in, in a kind of, a, you know, a, a tough environment out there. And, 2000, and 2012 was the next year for you. And you might describe, like you described, I can't remember which year it was, Two thousand and twelve was a bit of a slim year, but that was the year that we first saw you alongside Craig.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a difficult year. You know, I was sat at home for I did no rallying, I think. I did nothing for six months. I was that fed up of rallying. But and I, think I remember it was
1: Finland not your first that year?
0: Yeah, what I did nothing. Absolutely nothing. I had just I had yeah. enough and and I sat at home and I remember I got the call in June or got a message. Some June Saturday morning, the Craig was after a huge accident in in, in um, Italy, and yeah, it was a tragedy in Ireland. It was a tragedy for Garrett Roberts. Um,
1: Did you know Gareth she... well?
0: No, I wouldn't have known no. him. He be, no, would have been no Craig would have been on his staff. I would have known Craig. I would have met Craig the year before in Rally Rally um rally Scotland and a few rallies I would have raced with his dad against his dad and if dad he's focused Ray had three years and I'd be racing <laughs> yeah. with Tony back in the day so I'd have raced in the National Championship and I would have known him around but I would have known Craig because the two of us were out and he was doing the JWRC and he'd won the JWRC under uh, that famous last stage in GB so he was yeah. it was me and him were out in the world scene and and uh, and obviously I came to my career came to an end at that time in, in the end of 11 but look the accident happened was tragedy and then couple of weeks they said, look, Craig needs to go back rallying, and I felt in my own head that the, the call comes, like, I, I, there wouldn't be no question whatsoever, i go, and, and Ray rang, I think, Craig voted and said, we're going we're gonna to continue, we spoke to Roberts family, we've d- done all, we said, we just have to put the man back in the car, would you willing to go, and, and just do it, and I just said, yes, there was no questions, there was no issues, mm. I just said, yeah, don't worry, I'll, I'll get in the car, and I knew doing, going to Finland, like... Uh, I'd be more of a figure rod than a co-driver and I was older than him and I knew I was dealing with a very very fragile 21 year old probably I think yeah and I did the test with him and Tom Gann as well was running the car so it was a big family thing and uh, and the tests went okay and, and the recce and but I had to keep him sheltered as much as I could and, and I did we did Rua Mackie was the shakedown that year which was the power stage of the rally this mm-hmm. year and I get to the into of, but I said, "Don't open the doors, don't talk to anyone, They don't need to know what you're talking about. They don't need to know what you're thinking. Just put your head down and we we got on with the rally um just step by step. Sebastian Oer was there doing the championship as well, and and he was good to him and they were all his chatting in the stages and just kept himself and kept him away as much as the people and don't be asking any awkward questions and, and yeah. we got on fine and and then we crashed in in uh Kakaristo and the famous corner, and Niko's famous corner is gone. And you know, I often look back. I've said to Craig many times that that was a good thing to happen. You know, yeah,
1: yeah, in, yeah it in was hindsight, it In hindsight, was. it probably was good.
0: I, uh, we, were, we were shaking up the carousel, but Craig got such a fright. Don't worry, Craig. We'll we'll go again. Oh, you would? you go again? I said, well, of course, Craig. And I had to mind him for the rest of the year. Like the man is such so was so strong-minded. Like we went to we yeah. went to to the Wales next day. Won in Wales. We went to France. We won in France. We went to Spain, he won in Spain for the sixth overall, won the championship. But to go to likes the GB and, and get the results, because I was down in Wales, down on, on Garrett's family, we were there and everything. Yeah. And, and to do, um, he was heavily involved in perjury sports. So we, we were back in San Remo to do a test and, and do for Spain. And, and we did rally the bar as well that year. But he went on to win the, the JWRC or the SWRC that year. It was a very challenging year. You'll never be prepared. To deal with something like that, you will never be prepared to 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 manage a situation. Be trained, to, but look, we got on with it. I I helped him as best I could. Result, and he deserved it.
1: I remember thinking at the time, you know, because I'd I'd met Craig a good few years before that, so 2010. I really got to know him when we were on the the Turkish bus coming back from Rally Turkey in the volcano. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, I was so glad that it was you that was going to be alongside him. And that to come back into, you know, into WRC and into Rally Finland, an event which needs such confidence, such, you know, confidence in your own ability, I thought was such a brave move by him. I totally it that he needed to do it. And he'd done the Nicky Griss stages just a couple of weeks before, it was like a little, you know, under the radar, just get back in the car. And I remember thinking... I was so delighted he was going to be in Finland but I was also so glad that you were there because like you've just said yourself you know you were you're older you you you've got the experience you can guide him you can be the reassurance that he needs um, and it's not about pace and it's not about anything else other than just driving the damn car and building the confidence back up. I mean for you I think that was such a it was such a big thing for you to do and a wonderful thing for you to do to sit alongside him because there might have been drivers that would have gone, Oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Um, But he definitely picked the right man when he came to your door. That is for sure.
0: But you had to go, like, in a in, in time of need, you have to fall in and help out. And, and, like, I didn't even have a license. The amount of people I met that happened a short period the of time, there's a lot of sports in Ireland. Yeah. Get my license, get everything up and running and get going in a couple of weeks. But look, us Irish people stick together and we have to, and it was, it was a pleasure to get in with him. And uh, we, we laughed half, which would towards the end of the year. He was getting his confidence back and we were enjoying the rallying and, and he deserved to win that title. He deserved to go back yeah, into Canada. And that takes such character and such character building to, to do that. And I, I was just glad to be part of it that year. And, and mm. it, it felt great to be there in a position to help him and, and bring him back from a very, very dark place.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that... I think that was that was such a help. And you saying, you, see, you know, it does bring back memories of you saying that, you know, don't don't open the door. Don't don't speak to people. I remember journalists being. Not worried, but they didn't know what to say to him either. You know, where, where do they start? They Some of the journalists, the well-known journalists on the championship, they didn't know him that well. Um, so they were pulling back. They weren't going anywhere near because they didn't want to upset him and they they didn't want to say anything to him. and I think I was there was me and a couple of others that that would would be interviewing him at media zones and and that would be it and they were tentative interviews at that there was a lot of hugging rather than interviewing going on i remember that um so you know you you get back in the car with craig and then you know that leads on then because you think, you know, after the mini thing, oh, it's all come crushing down. You get back in that year with Craig. There's a few events there. So what were the chats then with Craig? What did he want from you moving forward?
0: Well, he wants, obviously, me to continue on with him and, and go. And I started the, the following season and we were in Canaries, but that was 2013. I'd won the championship in 2009 inside an s uh, uh, seven that we were driving that year. Mm. and he was in the Perjard Sport car, and we did Canaries. We were second, I think, yeah. And we did Azores. I was second in Azores. Came home, did the Rally of the Lakes at home. My rally, first rally I've done in Ireland in a good few years. Um, we retired from that. We did Corsica. We were leading. We got a puncture. That was a big disappointment. We finished second or third in Eper. So I was back to all the rallies I was doing, but Chris had done Chris Deeper as well. Um, with Chris Patterson, they were doing zero car in the... In the and the R five, the new R, uh, the new R R5, five, the R five two fusion, and uh, he was going to Finland with uh, with the Citroen. He was after getting a gig with Eve Matten and the Citroen car with uh So he was back on, and uh, there was a bit of disappointment because I still stayed with Chris and Claus, and he'd worked his way back in to get a factory seat. But myself and Craig were still doing well enough. We were in the ERC, but, and then I think Chris rang me in. Germany, recce and he said uh, you'd want to make a call there or send a message to Andres Mickelson. He said he refused to start uh, rally Germany because his co-driver was broken, vertebrae or vertebrae and wasn't healed from Finland or whatever happened. That's right. And yeah, he said yeah. your name, your name has been mentioned out around here, and I said yeah, but there's a lot of people out there now be looking for that drive, and I would know Richard Brown, he's engineer Richard would live in the same area as me down here when mm-hmm. he's home, and I just admit Richard about so what's going on and. He says, keep your phone on, we'll be in touch. And, and I was still with Craig, and I said, Look, fair enough. And that was on a Thursday of Germany, and by Monday I was sitting with Andres Mickelson. And again, I had to make decisions, and it was a hard one. You've but had to it, make
1: a lot of decisions in this career, it, haven't you, it, right? It
0: does, well, I had to, but that was... An easy one, but a hard one at the same time. It was like Craig knew I was offered a factory seat in Volkswagen, the biggest team in the World Championship. You're going teammates with Sebastian knows you're, you're going to Australia and there's so. But there was part to me. I had to move on. I had to go. And, and, and Ray and all of them, they all knew. I said, like, fair enough, you have, you have this opportunity. Is this where we all want to be? And, but to get that seat, Bex, to get that seat to be chosen for that, chosen for that seat, felt that I had, I had arrived at the world scene then like of all the co-drivers yeah. to be picked you know, uh, they picked me and yeah. as I said, by Monday evening I was speaking to Jos Capito Sven Smiths. I was suited and booted, ready to go to Australia, do the two day test and punch on coast, sitting with Yari, Matty as well and, and Andreas and end up in Australia and it was then, that was it that was, you're, you're there now, you're in the biggest team in the world, you're in the factory team in Volkswagen and it was, it was, it was, it was an, incri- I, when I thought I was in the world championship in all four and when I thought I won the r c and it, this was at another completely level altogether. This was, this was, this was huge. This Yeah. And, and folks have been so professional trying to win a world title. And I got on very well with Andreas in Australia, went to, went to Alsace and finished, we both finished well results, but Seb won the championship there and. Many years earlier, I was teammates with him in in IRC, and uh, he couldn't speak a word of English there. He was standing in the top step, of been world champion.
1: I know. And, and, yeah. I I tell this story often that you know when I first met Seb Ogier, he didn't speak any English, and now he no. he uses more complex words than we do on a daily basis in yeah. this language. I mean that opportunity with Andreas Mikkelsen. He did two rallies: Australia, Alsace, um, and like you said, of all the people they're gonna pick. Uh, you know, Andreas has a choice of so many different co-drivers, Norwegian co-drivers or Swedish co-drivers that could have done it for him as well. He goes with with yourself, English language speaking co-driver, which he had experienced before, but he chooses you. And you feel then that that is the moment where Paul Nagel has arrived. Yeah, Recognised, maybe. Is Recognized. It, is it, it's, yeah. it's, it's the recognition to be chosen, yeah. like you say, by the... The, the top team in the championship who and he could have gone for absolutely anyone and he goes yeah. for you
0: it was that... very good it was very good it was it was, it was a fantastic feeling to get that back.
1: yeah I bet I was proper butter I would have been butterflies in my tummy I know that it
0: been, yeah and like <laughs> I was I was happy with doing the two rallies and then I didn't know what they're going to do Rally Spain and Chris texted me would I do the recce for, or would I do Rally gravel notes for Khaled and Scotty for Rally Spain and would we do the recce and I was going yeah but I'm not sure am I going with Andres he says no no you won't be going Andres come with me and I knew nothing Chris said come on you won't be Andres man is going back so obviously Chris and Andres were chatting behind and without me yeah. knowing so Chris got me over because Chris had done Australia and it crashed obviously after he was leading or received passes in the qualifying stage and he crashed in, and he'd crashed in Finland as well so I landed over to Direcci and we said we we're going meeting even at Han here in a hotel in the middle of nowhere of the way and. And then I was oh well, Chris was starting to tell me that we have a chance here driving for Citroen in 2014. I went really, and he goes, yeah, that's why I brought you here, and blah blah blah. And Eve Madame produced the contract there, and then for 2014 World Championships no. Champions of Rally Spain. Well, more or less like this is the deal. This is what's going on. You're going to be driving for the Citroen World Rally Team in 2014, and and I I was going, this is really happening. And, and
1: so you had no Chris. idea, no inkling that... I knew no idea was... in the recce.
0: No, not really, no. Uh, we are doing the recce, we are doing the grab notes for Khaled and this was bubbling away and Chris was saying, I'm working, I'm working I'm working, this, I'm working and, we, and when you look back, then Chris was after wrecking the up in Finland wrecked the up twice in Australia and he's getting a contract. He always <laughs> said this is that sure, I rolled it enough times they gave me a contract and, <laughs> and we were getting a contract and, and that, was, that was late October and he said you'll yeah, be testing now in December and um, and it just it just happens things like these it just happened and all of yeah, a sudden no, you, you're on you're the start line you're, you're over the start line Monte Carlo and it's,
1: it's quite incredible and I but I love hearing these stories of how it like you say how it it just happens there it is you're you're, you're sitting down with Yves Maton and there's the potential contract on the table and you know this is what they want you to do for x number of years I mean well, yeah it was it, only a
0: one-year deal though it was only a one-year deal so we had to do, make the best of it that year but yeah. We but it a was a surreal. it was a good
1: year. It was a solid year of, of podiums for you in that. Oh, first very year.
0: solid. Yeah. We were not I and mean, like you go to your first WRC rally and you said you were one of my dad. He was they all went to Monte, and we finished third in Monty. Like, we crew. it was a very, very tricky yeah. Monte, And I think we were third after the first day and we just cruised around and that was a that him. was a
1: snowy Monty, I think, from memory, yeah, wasn't
0: uh, it? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. It was uh, Seb won a Brian Bouffier was second and we were third.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um
0: it was yeah, it was yeah, it was Seb was, yeah. And you
1: mentioned your dad there, Paul. You yeah. know, we, we've been through a lot now in your career. What are your parents thinking? You know, you you get a deal with Citroen, you've you've just been driving for Volkswagen, you've sat alongside with Craig, you've won the the IRC championship title. What are your parents thinking of all this at this point?
0: I think they're just takey every week as it goes along. Like my dad never missed a stage time or a split time or nothing. And I often got the raffle bad result, but they, they they just went with it. Like they just went with the whole thing. And, and uh, I was in uncharted waters. I was paddling away a, a small man below in Killarney just on the world scene <laughs> and just plugging away and getting there and keep going and keep going. And it's just keep getting hard and doing the hard. Like when we get the factory seat in fourteen. Then the real works that like you're in the factory mm-hmm. car. Didn't the real one. Then like in the mitre Citroen, and yeah. we had a good we had a good I just, we had a good lot of podiums. Was, like we were out in Sweden and we were stuck in the snow back to Sweden, which, is, which was which was which was going to happen. We left the wheel in Mexico. We were we tore the fort in.
1: Oh, do you know what you've just sparked a memory there that I meant to mention earlier at the Azores on your first win there, where the wheel finished the stage before you did.
0: Oh, that's right, yeah. We don't know, even know what happened. We have no idea. The wheel just, the rim came down past yeah. us, past the flying finish. It
1: did. Just to put this into context, everyone who's listening, we were filming at the stage end and we were filming the car coming in and all of a sudden off to the right, we can see this wheel just on its own heading towards us. And it, it went through the flying finish before you did. But yeah, sorry. Sorry, I broke your flow there. But you totally reminded me of that moment, which was classic. We have it on video, somewhat.
0: We do, yeah. <laughs> I have it. But yeah, Monte was a good start and podium. The rest were we had middle of season. We got to Argentina. We finished podium. We needed we three bad results, mm. retirements, retirements, and then we had a podium in Argentina. We all seemed to pick the good ones to get podiums on. And then yeah. Poland at uh, Poland, I think I think we rolled five or six times in shakedown. Your memory, mar- your
1: memory, by the way, is. Quite incredible for all these events because I'm just double checking as you're saying against all uh-huh. my stats here, and you're absolutely spot on. And I mean, we've gone through like ten over ten years now, and you haven't got anything wrong yet.
0: That's oh, yeah, impressive. There'll be a few bits. There'll be a few bits, but I remember <laughs> rolling. I was getting. I was getting married a week later. I go, Jesus Christ, come on! Like, what do we? Oh yeah, you don't want any day, black
1: though? eyes or anything. Yeah, exactly. But we got all
0: finished there, and then we. What did we do? We were uh, on podium in Finland. We were. Yeah, that was my first Finland podium. Yes. In 2015,
1: in 14, 14, 14, 14, 14, 14, Sorry, 14. I'm a year ahead of you. Absolutely yeah. correct. You were third.
0: Uh, Germany, no idea what happened. We you were lost on a the wheel, apparently. All uh, right, Australia. We should have been on the podium, but we took a shortcut across the one of the stages. We got a minute penalty.
1: I yeah, we that. were.
0: Oh, Chris Meek was not happy with that. With Michelle Mutano, that was not a happy scene. We're back in the podium in Alsace. Correct. Um, we retired in Germany because she blew the engine and we had a poor Rally GB because, oh, we weren't. We, didn't, we went off, uh, we didn't, we hit it, went into a drain and we had two punchers in the last day down one of that stage where the famous stage in Wales finishes on the water where it's really wet and cold.
1: I Can't think of the
0: name. Yeah. And yeah. we had to drive, we had to drive around to get to win, to be second in the championship with two spare wheels. We ended up going from second to sixth. And um, but the results were good enough to get us get us get us uh, get us a contract for fifteen again, and then we had, we lobe on the start line of Monty with us. So I mean, we it, were clock- we were clocking up teammates as world champions. That was lobe on your already uh, as teammates. So I, know, I so up.
1: How much of this were you soaking up? You know, on a on a very personal kind of level, just getting to know these people who are heroes to people out there listening right now. You're on a day-to-day basis, sharing cars with them, sharing breakfast, dinner, lunches, recce lunches, you're with them all the time and you're finding out what they're like as as human beings, proper characters, and not just with the helmet on in competition mode. Who who stands out for you, Paul, in all the years of, of competition and, you know, friendship? Who are you still in contact with? Who is who is up there on your WhatsApp list at the minute?
0: Of all the world champions, I suppose I would regard Titanic as the as one of my favourite teammates you know I get on well with him he's a nice fellow when he doesn't have a race suit on I've often told him that but when he's when he's in the business end of things he can be he can be his own man he's world champion and all but I really get on well with him um, I would all the co-drivers usually get on very well which you know I get on super but Scotty and and Aaron and Julian Grassi I get on very well with, with great times together but all hmm. the drivers, Seb, Seb was a bit older than us, but like we're still, the rally was based in Gap and 15 and we'd go down to Monaco and he'd give a spin down the helicopter. You know, you kind of take those things for granted, but you look back now and look at the phone, oh, there's me and Seb going on the helicopter. And you, <laughs> at the time you're going kind to of go, ah, so that's fine, That's we're just doing it, we have to do it, that's the way down. And look, yeah, we've both had I, suppose, the but I suppose
1: when you're in it. It's different, isn't it? It's like you say, these moments when you look back. And I'm a little bit the same. When I look through pictures or or any kind of archive of what I've done, you're like, oh, blimey, I did this. I did, I was with this person. And you don't think anything of it at the time, but it's when you look back and you're like, wow, that's cool. Yeah,
0: it's. I think it's, uh, the saying is going, the rally has a big community, but a small family. Mm. And we stick together as much as the rivalries there. There's still great friendship, but all the drivers even to know. But back then, I suppose, you just t- you take all these things for granted. You you just jump on it. Hel- you just go on the helicopter. We're going out to Monaco in the helicopter. Come on. It saves a four-hour drive. So yeah. it's fine. It suited us grand. But I would say, but you, t- you t- treat himself and Daniel like normal people. And there were teammates. We were on the radios together. We park in the road sections together. We change wheels together. We do all those things together. So but-
1: one element we <laughs> haven't mentioned so far is we've talked a lot about competition, which is obviously w- what you were there for in the first place. But there was, you know, the era that you and I began in, there was a lot of socialising that went on as well. There was a lot of enjoying rallying, as in at the end of it. (laughs) A Sunday night party, let's say. Um, And, you know, I can imagine that there were some occasions where flights were potentially possibly missed, almost missed, not missed, late nights in, no?
0: Never missed a flight. But Oh, come on. Plops. No, I never missed a flight. A couple of closes. We can go on there for 15. So we were Sweden was terrible. Mexico was worse, but a good party. Always a good party in Mexico. <laughs> Corona sponsored, always a good party. When was a draw did good party. And then we went to Argentina in 15 and
1: oh.
0: speaking of parties, like it was when you go to Long haul events, Inst- like the, the family stay together away, so you always have a good gathering, even when you're on the way out. And- when the honorable mm-hmm. parties has been very slim, like I think I had four retirement parties last year between New Zealand and Spain, a couple of more when people before people officially knew we there were a couple of pre-retirements and a this and that. So that was a bit of crack. But but in in, in Argentina 15, when we landed out there, and uh, Argentina is a special place. And when you're with Citroen and when you go to Argentina, you're treated like royalty because Citroen, Argentina are huge. They are mm. rally mad. We have been brought to football game, the Boca Junior football game. We've met those the River River, river Plate teams. Yeah. We brought to these fancy ranches, barbecues. It's just incredible what they do, what the show they put on for us. It's it's a, a memory of PR, when you hear of PR events we have to do that stands out as one of the greatest ones ever. And
1: but the show so... also you were putting on for the people there because there would always be some kind of display in the center of Buenos Aires. I mean, I remember the... going to quite a few of those.
0: Yeah, they used to be brilliant and, and we were teammates with Mads in fifteen and, and Khaled was there as well. Uh, but like we were back to the wall going to Argentina with three bad results and, and like Chris Meek, is when he's when he's down at the bottom and when he's been kicked to the ground and getting a lot of slack from the media and social media, everything he, he, he drives he rises to a different level. And when we went to Argentina, it was a strange form of that year uh, on the Friday. It was with a super special 200 Ks away from somewhere to drive all the way for two hours or two and a half hours and do two Ks and drive two and a half hours. But I can't remember the name of the place, it was just in the middle of nowhere. And the following morning it was two stages down, so it was 30 K, two stages, they're both 30 Ks. So it was done twice with 120 Ks for day one. But it started off, we'd no handbrake for the first stage and oh, you had an engine problem. Um, Danny was the closest and available. So we'd led... Um, on the Friday. It was my first time ever leading a WRC rally, in, rally. and it went on and had a load of problems. He was out, I think. Yari was struggling and at the end of Friday we had 1-2 and I were in Citroën with Mads 20-odd seconds back and leading a rally after day one is another little little uh, landmark in your career if you lead a one. Uh, first of all, lead one. Get a fastest time, lead one. And uh, to be leading overnight and, and Saturday didn't. Just, it's, it's, it's weird when Chris gets out in front and you have a lead, he's very good to manage a 20, 30, 40 second lead, and Saturday, just when playing sailing, car cut out, I remember one cross, one river crossing, and he just reset it, and, and Mads was the closest to us, and we used to be picking away at us every couple of stages, but you could really put him back, check, put him, check him out again, and, and take seven or eight seconds out, and we had to, and I remember when we were there Saturday night, and we had a big lead, and you know, the other side of the world, and Chris Meek was on the verge of winning his first WRC rally, and, and, uh, I was glad it was somewhere away from Europe because the phones were a different time zone so at least Mm. the brain could work differently when all the people are getting all the messages I'm going to mass in the morning all of you could feel the weight of Ireland on your shoulders you knew everyone going to mass to
1: pray for you yeah we're going to pray for
0: us yeah and and (laughs) like I remember everyone around the service back on a Sunday morning and and like like the Colin McMaster and, and you were there, weren't you? You were there, mm-hmm. that not you? Yeah. And, and, and Colin and David Evans, all these people around for Richard and Colin McRae, the last person to win. And you could see the unease around the service pack. And I said, I can't wait to get out in the rocks. So we're going up to El Condor, and El Condor, if any distance there's 80Ks from Carlos Pass, it's, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. It's just mountains, rocks, and like the moon. I called it the moon a few times. Mm. And if we had to just do that twice. And we were leading. Elfin Evans was fourth. Khaled and Chris Patterson were sixth or seventh and Marshall Clark was there as well leading SWRC or whatever it was, WRC2, whatever it was. So I was in good company, you know, you got a load of people around you, just had the right amount of boys around me and we got the first one through El Condor and it, it's a tricky stage. You know how tricky it is like with all yeah, the narrow bridges.
1: Absolutely. And, uh,
0: and there's a big regroup up there, we won't go back to service, was is a blessing, we did not have to go back to service. So we'd stay up there and Yari had stopped, so Elpham was on the podium, and so was Dan Barrett for their first ever podium. So I said, you're taking a small bit of pressure off my shoulders here and out here on the podium, we're leading. Um, but then the whole carnet started in, in, in El Condor, and then you had Mickelson crashing, and you had uh, Thierry Neville crashing um, on the power stage. And thankfully we had no phone coverage after because I knew everyone was going to text us or go off. And we took off from the start line and, if you get about three quarters of the way through, you get over all the last little real narrow, narrowy bridges, and then it opens up. And I knew when we got through that bond was about two and a half k to go. And I said, we're, "We should be home and dry here." And the last corner, I still remember it's a long, five right plus, which is on a good day in Chris make a sixth gear, and I saw him drop a gear, and I said, "That's it, we're home and dry." And then you win your first WRC rally, and I suppose that's 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 Mount Everest. Maybe if at, at, where where I started after that to get to the divide happen and to win Argentina and to win the most iconic rally in the world, one of mm. the famous ones. And it's a memory. You still get goosebumps over it and you still think of it. And, and it was a, uh, an amazing moment.
1: It was an amazing moment. And you're right. It's, it's an absolutely iconic classic event for you to win. And I remember that tension that you're talking about around the service park and, I remember feeling it myself and all like the foreign journal, we call them foreign journalists, anyone that wasn't British, because it was like the first British winner since, da, 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 da. Um, And everyone kept saying, even to us, oh, good luck, good luck to him. Like, shh, shh, don't say anything, don't jinx it, don't jinx it. I remember the tension and the utter elation when you cross the flying finish and Chris's first words. And I remember having them to, on the radio, try and pick up after he'd spoken and I had no voice. It just wouldn't come out because I was so emotional and there were tears. And But the voice just it was missing. So I can't even imagine what you felt crossing that flying finish, knowing you had won your first WRC event and it only happened to be bloody Argentina. You know, Kick it off big, why don't you? It must have been such a moment for you, Paul. Oh,
0: it was massive. All the hard work, all the grafting, all the time away from family and Friends and all the work you put in down through the years everything paid off that moment that time and it was great to to remember driving the long we'd go to the long road section back in from El Condor you know uh, it just felt like for all the doubters especially for Chris more than me all the doubters that he'd been knocked so many times he'd been kicked to the ground kicked to the curb mm. he just kept getting back up getting back yeah. up and, and to win it and not win it but won it comfortably and it, it's weird to say when you got in Saturday, Saturday afternoon. It felt comfortable, and I, you often hear Sebastian Oj you know, Sebastian Dobe, It just gets comfortable winning, and we, it wasn't comfortable for us winning, but we we're out in front, and you could manage that lead. And like you often have to grind out results and go so much harder to finish third, and you burst yourself for the three days. But here we just controlled it, as you said, like with winning Eper and winning San Remo. But this this both did both of that time, and and, and uh, it was it was it was a moment, and as you said. Uh, the party went on, zebras went on, the night gloves went on. We barely made the flights.
1: Was, <laughs> we were sorry
0: people by the time we got home, but it was a brilliant, brilliant experience. And, and to come home to a lot of Irish people, to see someone winning a WRC rally and to be on top step, it, it was a very, very special moment for you for to be the first person to win a WRC rally in the South South, really, So,
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it it is quite an incredible statistic. I'm not going to make you go through every single event that you and Chris did together or you and Craig did together, but there are some such special memories. You know, Argentina obviously sticks out. And then, you know, there were, there were more wins after it. Portugal and, of course, Finland. And Finland is always going to be the one that everyone thinks about because everyone wants to win it. It'll always be Argentina for me in my heart because I remember the way I felt watching you guys then. And sadly for me, I wasn't in Finland the year that you stood on the top step of the podium because my mum was sick. But I was at home watching and, you know, keeping my fingers crossed every every single moment. And te- I texted Chris, I texted Craig before the final stage. And I, I remember it so well and the emotions and everything. But to win Finland as a driver, as a co-driver, it's just, it's magic, right?
0: It is the, the great Australia to win. It is like... Um, We'd won Portugal and you know when you win one you, are you going to be a one hit wonder you need to win two and we won Portugal <laughs> yeah. and we won it. Well again we'd a great, we had a great lead we won it we won it well and you know, the confidence was up we were testing new car we were testing the old car we weren't supposed to do put Finland if the truth was you known started the year we were supposed to do Poland and, and it was switched because they were worried about Poland not going to the championship but, uh, we did not again we did very little special different in Finland we had always good results in Finland and we had good times we a few we broke down one year and we had a podium and it was a special year, um, I remember, I can remember everything, I can remember every stage, I can remember most of it, and we did a super special on Hasry, and first stage Saturday morning, Friday morning was Mocky Perry, and then it was down to Yaki, Yarvi and all these, and we're fast in the first stage, and I remember the controversy was with all the ballers, remember all the steel, but it was the yeah, first yeah. year when Chris was giving out, and everyone's was giving out, that they're destroying the roads, and the first corner was the three left and he took in fourth gear and that set the tone he'd often said out that set the tone for the day and I remember getting in the lead that evening we we're leading by 17 seconds and Jari was behind us in 17 seconds and I'm going that's not enough and I knew by the look of the man beside me I was going tomorrow will be tomorrow will be special and we uh, that night we finished and did the videos the following morning half five in the morning and we got up and crossed the road and over the railway track, as you know from, from the hotel the Scandic hotel I could hardly stay up with him when he was walking. He was walking that fast. I couldn't, and I can walk fast. I, can, I couldn't stay up for him walking. And it's it was the year the famous Unipower was running reverse for the first time, and everyone was talking about it. And thirty-three k's of 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 crest and a roller coaster and mayhem. We drove out to the we drove out to the stage, and it was I know seventy k's. I was, 70K, that was a long track out, and there was very little talk. There was chat and talking with we leading. And I knew I knew Chris Meek. and I said, we're not going to be finishing second year I said we'll be in the hedges or will he be, have, we'll have a go on Yari like we'll go down to Yari's back door like back door um, on, on a pile a pile, and pile of at the three stage in the loop and I go he's like there's no better Yari mentioned his three favourite stages we have to have a go and I just counted down on the stage and I remember saying stay with me inside or something or something in the words of that and we'd shake hands at the start of each morning and away with you and what is it? Thirty-three k's. We did in fifteen minutes, four seconds, and we were fourteen seconds quicker than anyone else. And I remember coming to the stop, Karen. I knew it felt good inside, but you never know because at mm. that speed, and uh, it was Chris Meek at his finest. All that stage, that moment, that year, and to see Ari Matty on the road section tomorrow, fourteen quicker than anyone is an awful lot of time. <laughs>
1: And Midland. you got
0: you got a pile and pile of costumes. Took another five, another eight. And we were just sticking knives into them, and, and then and when Chris guys said when Chris gets out in front, and then we went out and did, did went ten quicker again than anyone the second loop, and like we, we were just in rails but and then Sunday, my, luckily my wife was out there, and, and then Sunday was a walk in the park. It was just cruising. You just knew in your whole body that yeah, we just won. We just have to stay in the middle of the road, and we'll enjoy the entertainment. What's going on behind and. And Craig and Tier Naval and, 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 and ooh, yeah, I second. Yeah, we were having a big battle and Craig got up toward like and it was fantastic to see him. We we cruised through the last stage and for me it it gives me goosebumps still to win Finland. Finland's the biggest rally in the world, it's the greatest rally in the world. It is. And to have your name on it, it's 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 something very, very special that I'll have for the rest of my days. And to have Craig on the podium myself, Craig and Chris, three people from Ireland. It was the finest day of Irish motorsport of all time, and I'll be hard to see will be beaten because mm. to get on the podium and finish this hard to have to have three of us up there. Uh, it it won't happen again. It won't happen. You have to say it won't happen.
1: It, that was the special thing about it is that you know the three of you were there. You talk about it being Chris Meek's finest hour, but it it was yours as well because he can't do it without you. You need to be on song, on point, on own employer at that pace. You need to be firing out those notes in precision accuracy. He couldn't have done it without you, so it was your finest hour as well.
0: I was. Yeah, I felt like I felt after that rally, and results give confidence. I felt after that rally, I was I was on top of my game. I said I'm doing as good a job as I could, and I felt oh, at ease in myself at that speed at that level. I was confident. Team. I was leading the team into the new team I was the leading coder ever going to the 17 World championship and. Everything was built around us and I felt great. And Mm. it was just surreal. It's hard to believe, you know, we broke the record that week in in for the fastest rally in the world and it still stands. That's 2016.
1: Yeah. With all the supercars,
0: all the two generations that we're in, and we're still the fastest record of all time. We could have gone pretty quicker someday, probably, if we wanted to build up a bit quicker, but it was not even. But it was very special. I I had Cathy there and and all the people from home. Ray and all the family there as well to see it. It, it was it was it was incredible, and uh, it's something that you will never ever forget. But then, when you're in the moment, you just forget about it because two days later, I was in Spain testing the 17 car and well, it's it, just back and forth.
1: It's relentless, and I think sometimes you know we can fans who are watching will will see the events, and 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 that's it and won't see the amount that you guys are putting in like as you say you're you're straight on a test it's straight on to the next high pressure event which you need to score big points at when you're part of a manufacturer team that pressure just grows and grows and grows and yes there were good times Citroen but there were also really difficult times and it was all leading into this kind of culmination of intense pressure within the team how did you deal with that pressure uh, in
0: 16 it was okay because we were only in the sector rallies, we were doing all the we were there was 12 tests and 16 of four days per, per test, and we were doing three of every one. So if I wasn't rallying, I was testing, if I wasn't testing or rallying, I was in the plane. So it was non-stop, like three days, I was three days in Bonch, Van Cooch, all these places were rough, so rough, and we like, broke up from, we were building a car around us, yeah and we're doing the other rallies in the. we did back-to-back DS3 so you get out of the C3 and you get into the DS3 to do a comparison especially in Tarmac and Craig was involved and in, who was team in 17 Um, I don't know um, anyway all of us were testing except in the Fred, Craig ourselves and it was non-stop for the Holy 16 so you didn't appreciate winning Finland you knew he won it and you got your night out and had a bit of crack and you came home for a day but you back in get the rally get the rally going wrecking testing planes and for the rest of that year we just picked and choose rallies there was no pressure and, and we were building the new car obviously and yeah that wasn't that wasn't um, that wasn't going according to plan really either we did we had a lot of accidents testing and people never knew we one in Seville now that was pretty huge and um, the car was badly destroyed from us uh, with a couple of other ones a lot of the boys everyone was crashing but a lot of them were kept underway that we knew we were having problems and yeah we're what, geared up to what be
1: what what were the problems though were it was it just a case of multiple issues or was there was... one direction you were going in that wasn't right in terms of development?
0: I don't know. I kept out of the whole politics of it, but after Finland and sixteen there was problems with the new car and we had a lot of emails going around and asking questions and and the car they were doing the touring car as well, the car just didn't feel right and like we landed to. January we were two to one papers to win the World Championship our car looked amazing, we were to the launch in Abu Dhabi and it was just it's hard to explain what kind, it was so big because Abu Dhabi were sponsoring us and the owner of Manchester City football team and all the sheiks and all the people from Abu Dhabi and Khaled's all Khaled's people it was, it was frightening to see the, the people and the resources that were put into our car looked amazing over there it was something that uh, I remember for a long time as well, the, the whole setup. But We went to Monte Carlo and we knew going to Monte that we, were, we, we weren't ready for it. It proved Craig was quicker than the S3 in, in Shakedown. And we would have been out in the first stage in Monte only, that the car would get trouble and the hitting of the accident was cancelled. But uh, we were nowhere in Monte in uh, Sweden. I don't need to speak about Sweden I think there's enough on cameras to see that about Sweden the car was undriveable and Chris was really really struggling with it and a lot of people had left a lot of people had left Citroen a lot of good people had left the year before and started after the start of that year and Mary Pierre was gone and engine people were gone designers, engineers a lot of the work was still being done in-house where in the new cars a lot of it was being done externally by external suppliers and all that and and it was uh, it was just a bad start to the year we um, went to Mexico and We won Mexico. we move on?
1: Oh, oh, come on. We can't just say, we won Mexico and leave it there. I mean, Jesus Christ, Paul. You can't just say that. Mexico, come on. I mean, probably, I I have never seen a level of excitement, anticipation and knowing that you're going to win. And then within seconds, have that crushing disappointment of a team thinking we're going to lose all of this and then it all coming back to you going to win again within 15 seconds it felt like that final stage for you in Mexico was something else and still people talk about it and I think in 10 years time people are still going to be talking about it
0: I hate talking about (laughs) it
1: I know you do. I, I know it. you do. I know you hate
0: I, it. It should have been such a simple rally. We landed out there, and to be fair, the Citroën engine was very strong. We led the rally. We were way out in front. I didn't yeah. know what was happening. And we were cruising. And uh, suddenly, we were walking walk the park like, and, and like those culverts are tricky. And our uh, and the first time we went through, we didn't have a moment. But like, I said to my own mind, Chris will be fine here because I said, and I often check him and notes and say, watch this, be careful, remember this. I went through over the jump and down and I couldn't believe it. I, went on, I knew nothing nice. We are in the car park, turned around. I saw the whole just points him out. And he asked me, do you think we've lost them? And I thought we did because you never know how long you're inside. I know we talked to something second to leave, but you know, you don't know how long you're inside the car park. No, to it's, find you where we get out.
1: it's so I difficult to know. <laughs> None of us knew. No one knew in the whole service park because no one was timing it because everyone was too much in shock.
0: Yeah. I am going through the finish and to the team and, I just knew some of the WRC people there were jumping up and down. I said, Chris, we were one. I got up to the bottom of the roof of the car and I remember giving him a hug and I said, you're one stupid bastard. <laughs> 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 I went up the, we I went up the road then and with the change of wheel, the front right here was off it. And I, I, it took us, we change it, this was the road section. And I'd say it took 10 minutes of us laughing. But laughing with an ear of, we could have could have cost everything we we needed a result like we needed a result and uh, to win it and I go back in and that night and the whole carry on and and it's folklore history to go down like an I hate talk about hate look at it. We got away with it like that Volkswagen Passat if he decided to go into reverse five more feet, he would have taken the rear left and of wheel off the car. Yeah. That's how close it was back.
1: I mean, but it, it's... we did enough
0: bad luck we did enough bad luck Bex. we need but i think we took we used every bit of luck that was ever given to us from a moment it was all taken in that camera.
1: yeah i think you're right there it was an extraordinary moment people are still going to talk about it and i think you know when you hit 70 80 you're still going to hear the immortal words <laughs> jesus christ chris even craig said it to you Across the flying finish of your retirement rally, <laughs> no. And way it's something was- I wouldn't
0: say. It's something I wouldn't say. Like I don't, I don't, I couldn't believe someone said it to me till, uh, and because uh, I don't remember, obviously don't remember saying it. Like,
1: no, of course. Oh my- the reaction was so raw, but that I think that's what makes it for all of us watching is that. Everything that we're watching live is happening live. Your reaction is really raw. Chris trying to get himself back on the road. You know, the car then speeding towards the flying finish, bit of tape on the back as well, just to add for that little bit of drama and you win. But it was, I think it was seeing every element, every element, seeing the team like with their, you know, their heads in their hands, watching the screen, Everyone in TV was the same. I think probably every team in the service park was like that because it's like, well, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. It is one of those moments which is never going to go away. So I think you need to get to learn to love it.
0: No, no. Of all the five wins, it's number five. Well, anyway, <laughs> so it'll be remembered. Yeah, yeah, it will be number five. Yeah. Oh, stop, I feel yeah, sorry
1: but... for it now. We need no, to propel eight, it up I... the list a bit
0: a win. I win. To win the WRC, win. and well, again, winning Mexico, winning Argentina, winning Portugal, and then winning you know, Finland. Like are great rallies, to win, like they're not picking up the, the new rallies. They're proper, proper heritage history rallies. But mm. I then went on the, we to Corsica in four weeks later, and we, that we were leading there. And it's a rally I would really, really, really like to win. And uh, we were retired from the lead Saturday evening with a blown engine, a the engine, past the flying finish, and we were way out in front. And I think that was, that's where that's where the whole thing began to go the wrong way. If we'd won there, the momentum would have carried into Argentina. Mm. And uh, we landed to Argentina. Um, we landed to Argentina and we went off on the first stage. Craig went off. He didn't roll. We rolled. With no suspension, no test. And they were, I don't know. I, didn't, I, didn't know, I was now I'm not mechanically minded. I'm not of I, I have enough to do my own side. And, especially when you're a team leader as well, you're trying to manage everything. So I stay away from the politics of, of suspensions and engines and all that. Yeah. And we both retired, both cars were badly damaged, but our car got going for the Saturday. And I stayed of the ones across the mountain, run around, around the valley, the big long and the big fast. And we went off at 183 kilometres, hour, road 14 times.
1: Yeah, Los Gigantes, mm. I think that was.
0: That's it. Um, it was my biggest act. Oh, my son and Chris's biggest accident. Yeah. It was end over end over end when over. the rear yeah. of the car stepped out at a massive speed. And there's videos of the windscreen coming on behind the car. Um the but the car was built so well, the FI had built such a strong car that we were well protected inside of but it was absolutely huge. And yeah, yeah, that was that was that was bad. So after, after the big crash in Argentina, we had a bad run and we ended up going, we ended up with Finland where we won the previous year. Yeah. And uh, we had a horror, horror, horrible rally. Um, absolutely. But we finished 7 6 seven. The confidence was gone. And as I said to you earlier, I fell on top of my game 12 months earlier. Uh, I got out of the car on a, a pirate back running the normal way that year and I got mm. out the car because I can't do this anymore. Really? And it was just a complete utter. I had no confidence. None of us had confidence in the car. We were feeling those moments everywhere and it was just a disaster. And then we went to Raleigh, Germany and we took the wheel off in the Super Special. And my good wife decided to have a child two weeks early. Oh. Uh, with, and the Friday night we were Super Rallying. I wanted to go home. The whole thing was a mess. Uh, and I had to manage through Super Rallying. To be fair, Chris was very good to me. He minded me and looked after me and I was able to speak to the wife at home having a child on Saturday. So missing the birth of your child is something that is not easy, but when you're in a professional game like this, you have to continue. And I had the right mm. the gravel crew and I had I had Chris to support me all during the weekend. But the whole the, it just kept getting worse, worse and worse. And then it's typical Chris, so many bad results, bad role in Germany, everyone's his career taken off and again we got into and, and win rally Spain. And that was our fifth and final win. And one of, like, got that yoke got on Tarmacans on Saturday morning. I think we were fourth again, fifth and just bang into the lead. She so was a go kart on, on a, on a racetrack. And that was it. That was the last win. And bring, you might as well talk about 2018 now and I'll answer as best I can.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it started off a tough year. It was, it was a tough year. But I mean, we were yeah. fourth
0: in, we well, we were fourth in Monty and we were third in Mexico.
1: You were on the oh. podium, but it was yeah, yeah, it was it was only once on the podium that year. And then there was yeah, yeah the super rally in Corsica for you, and then seventh overall Portugal. in Argentina, and then we get to Portugal when the accident happened. Um, which and I think everyone can remember the images of the car and it looking in a kind of odd shape. Um, And it was okay. it's 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 an accident. They happen. But then Citroën moved to to not keep your contract going for the rest of the season. And it was just terminated after that rally. And it it felt like a huge shock to everyone, Um, especially the wording of it all at the time. I mean, how much did you know about what was happening before it happened? When were you aware that that was it with Citroën?
0: I would say it broke on a Thursday. We got home. We left Portugal. I'm like, Portugal, it was a big accident. It wasn't that, we didn't think it was that big. The pictures did a lot worse. We were taking a hospital the hospital. Yeah,
1: the pictures, the pictures looked looked horrendous. horrendous. They did.
0: Yeah, We were taking the hospital. We both left out a bit of concussion maybe. And I flew home and Chris flew home And I think I found out maybe 20 minutes before the world, before you found out, before wow. the world found out, I was told.
1: Minutes.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, if I'm lucky, 20 minutes, 25 minutes I found out. So I thought, no, Chris rang me and told me, and I just switched off my phone. I I rang my dad, texted a few of the lads. I said, you know what I'd be, i am switching off the phone. So I knew the world would go mad. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw the press release, and yes, and yeah, we weren't, we, that was it. That was it.
1: Well, what did you feel at that point in time? When, when? To be honest, there was
0: a weight off my shoulders. I wasn't enjoying the sport. I hated going to rallies. I hated everything that was going on behind the scenes. I was just sick of it. It was a way, but not the way it was done. I just felt it was just handled in a manner that was not. I, I, there's no point putting out your dirty laundry in public, but it's, it's, it's Citroën were very good to me. I've had a great all my wins with them. I've the PSA group since 2008, 2009. And the way we were treated and Chris was treated is nothing short of appalling. At the end of the day, we're, we were husbands, fathers. We had mortgages to pay and Citrinus to cut the lifeline and just cut everything away. And to press release, as bad as it had ever been, it was, it was nothing short of scandalous. really. But that's enough about that. I don't need to, don't need to go all into all the details of, of it, but we got our own justice many years later.
1: Yeah, which is, which is a good thing. But I mean, did you think at that point in time after that had happened? Did you think in your head? Well, because like you say, you'd lost the love of it. After, you know, the, the years of the highs, the wins, I mean, the first WRC winner had only come a couple of years earlier when things were sweet, and you know, everything was happy and it, things. And you've seen it, Paul, I've seen it, you've experienced it, things change quickly in the sport. Uh, you can go from having a running high to really appalling lows, and then it comes back up again. And I've witnessed it time and time again. But did you feel that that could be it now? That could be the end of the WRC career, or did you have faith and were you looking for something else immediately?
0: No, I was. I was in my own head. I was finished. I felt I'd enough given, and I had enough. I had enough of the sport. I was fed up. I was home. That was happened in May. I was home for the whole summer. I had the best time of my life at home. I had my 40th birthday party. Chris and all the lads were over. And I remember saying to Chris, "Yeah, I spoke briefly to Ali about Chris, and there were small rumours about Tayover and Chris." I said, "Chris, I, 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 love being at home. I'm back, enjoying life at home and kids and everything." And I didn't want to. Have, and you know, sometimes there's reasons behind something like that. And Chris went on the Tayover, and I never wanted to go. He knew when he's had and so well. And if I, if I had gone with him we wouldn't have a relationship probably you now because it would have out or fallen out. Or, you know, he had to start fresh and I had no regrets over that or none in his decisions. And we agreed what could I helped him get stabbed in and kept with, involved with him as much as I could. so now I had those months at home. I those months at home. My dad got sick then all of a sudden in October and I was able to spend all those months coming up to that. We were very sick and he, he died in December and I was lucky enough to spend all those time with him on the build-up. to So I was... I was half my decision. I said to Caddy at Christmas, I said, look, I'm fortunate enough to have my five wins. I, I feel I have enough given to the sport and it's time to give something back at home. And at the time, I remember I texted me about Takamoto was looking for someone and and Elfin was hovering for looking for someone. So Scotty was moving from Craig and Gus Greensmith looking for someone. And I kind of stepped away from the whole thing. I said, no, lads, I I'm need to reset here look after my family, look after my mom." And I felt I had enough done. Yeah. And the Musical the musical chairs fell and uh, and. Craig ended up without a drive, and I think he just said, Will we go to Galway? I just, I remember him texting me, Just go to Galway, see what's like. Because he was after a turbulent year as well, and he got lost, with all the musical chairs as well, he got lost out as well. He just said to me, Will we go to Galway, typical Craig? I said, You know what? We'll go for a bit of crack. And that just that just took off from one rally to the next. And you know, our rallying in Ireland is chaffing off, you have to be on the ball. So we went on and won Galway, we won the circuit, we won West Cork. And, I was coming to my home rally in Killarney and I had to win it. And it was the 40th anniversary and, and the last stage finished at my dad's back door and I said, I had the driver, I had the car, I need to win this. I put myself under a ridiculous amount of pressure and I couldn't sleep and I think you're a professional quarter over years, you've won Finland, you can't even win your home rally or try and cop on, straighten yourself but look, the pressure I put under Craig to win it was absolutely stupid to what I was doing. but anyway, he, he got through and won that and Obviously, we ended up in a big battle in Donegal and, and Manus unfortunately lost his life there and we had to go straight to Ypres, which was difficult for Craig at the Titans as well when you do someone at home like that. and went down and won Ypres and just, you know, I was starting to enjoy the rally. Gee, i won Eper. I'd won it 10 years previous to Chris in then and went on to win um, the tournament championship after that in the Ulster. and That was a great feeling. You know, things you want to do as a kid, you know, I've won the tournament championship, I've won Killarney, I've won mm. Eper for a second time. I went down and win San Remo again and... The whole thing with Hyundai was bubbling away in the background. And- but
1: what, How beautiful, though, was 2019 for you and Craig? Because, as you said, he'd been left out of a drive. And he told me in the December of that year, he was in one of the blackest places he'd been in his life. And he didn't know what to do next. And what he did next and what you did next was to do the work at home, do the tarmac championship at home, which he got all the sponsorship for to a point where you had no room left on your overalls or car for the amount of people that wanted to sponsor you. How restorative was that to bring back the love of rallying?
0: Oh, it was absolutely a breath of fresh air. It was just so good. It was incredible. The fun we had and the racing and the just <laughs> the whole excitement. And I remember we were up in Donegal and we found out we were going to getting the Finland drive at, at Hyundai, and we had to go and find a place to get photographs and the pictures and we had to go to Ypres and in the middle of Ypres we had to go to uh, Aldenau to get, to get pictures taken over there with the car for press release and the whole thing was running. I said this is just brilliant like, and to get back and and, and I pinched myself going to Finland in, in that year and going and back like, and you know, we were doing we were doing a stoning beforehand with practice rally it wasn't WRC rally I ended up in yes. Finland and I was going here I am back again and I remember Chris walking back to me in the Toyota and he goes thought you were retired. I said I am I'm just just to see whoever it is, and not knowing that I not knowing that I would I would be back in the in the world championship with I and to do that and we did rally GB as well and mm. and we what, that was that was 19 yeah and we did the historics as well that year and so we're doing that and then Craig got the deal to go in 2020 for the for the uh, with Hyundai, but obviously COVID hit. But should as Craig would do, like oh no, we'll go with MRF and we'll do the ERC. events, so some of the ERC events were been ran. So we we're in Rome and we were in we were one Rally Alba. And we were like uh, Latvia. and we're back in Estonia again with with in the World Cup, and we felt we had a bit of an advantage going to Estonia because we'd been in the car and all the WRC boys were packed up, and we went racing Tannic in Estonia and. To be fair, he probably would have won, but we gave him a some run for we were nine seconds behind him and i was, i was there I was in two thousand and twenty sitting on the on the podium again wondering how would I end up back here again and I was starting to clock up the podiums and couldn't believe it was a brilliant race and like under pressure, Craig and no contract for twenty twenty one and to to put the car on the podium there was uh was was a superb achievement and to be racing Tannock to, to, to within nine seconds starting the last day was was huge like a Obviously, the the whole rest of the year, the whole thing kind of got uh, messed up with COVID, and, and yeah. then we we couldn't do much because the rallies were stopped, cancelled. We were, were supposed to go ahead; we were supposed to do an e for event. We did an e for event, and it was like a, a out in a water park. It was so wet, and, and then the rally was cancelled a week later. So it was a mixed year, like everything else. Like,
1: mm. I think it was it was really good to see you guys back, and obviously we. When we were in Donegal, I remember it. I had wind that you were going to be doing this drive and remember kind of giving you the odd wink in the service park, you know, to say I well, kind of know what's happening and the excitement and the buzz around it. But I loved the fact that you both went back and did all the rallies in Ireland and, and had the crack there and Miko Haven and coming over and doing Killarney, uh, not Killarney, West Cork. Um, all of that was just, it was fun, Paul, you know, the fun had come back into rallying for you both and it was good to see you both of you smiling again and really enjoying that and obviously you know heading into Hyundai then and that 2020 year such a shame that Covid struck and kind of cut that short a bit but
0: yeah 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 yeah, it was but we made the best of it during Covid and I suppose the, the rallies at home as well and the rallies in Italy and even the ERC as well, we were enjoying ourselves but you don't realise the pressure you're under when you're representing a no. manufacturer in the World Championship. Yeah, yeah. Like, And I, I realise it a lot more now since I've stopped. It's it's crazy that, what the expectations, the pressure, the work, the recce videos, the pace notes, rewriting pace notes, tests, airplanes. It's crazy. <laughs> and where I could get out of it here and, a, and, a, and an international rally I'd be anywhere in a couple of hours. It was fantastic. But it, it was a brighter yeah. fresh air to do it, but at a competitive age, that was needed. For us to win that championship,
1: yeah, and you know, being with Hyundai was was the great place for you guys. It then moved on, eventually to M Sport. That wasn't a great year, as as has been well documented. And again, for both of you, it felt like for you, especially obviously because you chose that year to to end your career essentially at that level, at least, because you're still doing rallies at home. Talk to me about the decision. To, to stop, when, d- when did it first come into your mind?
0: Um, I think when when I finished the, the 21 season with the three podiums in a row, you know, we were Finland, Estonia, and and uh, Ypres, great result, second place in EPR. And we did another year, Craig, we're going forward, we do another year, and it was uh, two years. And I went, I'll see, I'll do one year. I knew myself. And my own back of my head, I had to go. The kids were at an age um, that they were starting to miss me leaving hosts and holding onto my leg. And and, and okay. it was just getting a bit difficult to leave. And, like, I'd put everything into rallying for 20-odd years and, and Caddy and the kids put their life on hold and a lot of my friends put their lives on hold. I was the oldest in the championship. The new cars were difficult. I got into the car in Monty, right, we, and I was as I call it my finest podium. It was it was a Champagne podiums with the two world champions of Monte Carlo and two boys from Ireland beside him. It was class. It's I have a frame picture yeah. there. It's absolutely brilliant to go back and tell your grandchildren They see those two boys there. Yeah, they're they have signed the only World titles? between seventeen or something and there's there's those two here that were just sitting there beside him on the and on, on, on the streets of Monaco. It was it was on-raid. But I knew I had to make a decision and I was struggling. I was beginning to struggle in the car with the heat and I was struggling with the seat position. I was struggling with everything. And it was giving me, uh, be polite here, it was giving me visions of 2000 and late 17, of Citroën 18. The whole thing was not mm-hmm. going according to my way, the way I wanted things. But in Sardinia in a second and I owe make the chef and John Rowan that podium, I barely got to the finish. Um, Craig reminded me I my feet were burning. I had doctors, I was couldn't keep my hat right down at night. The cars were so hot, our car, especially because of the exhaust. And I I came home to Sardinia and I told Caddy, I said, No, I'm stopping. I got a podium, never never retiring a bad result. We're having a bad enough run, but I got a second in Sardinia and which would give me the last podium. And I said, That's it. I have to go. And uh, telling Craig would have been very difficult. So uh James Fulton came to Safari to help us because there's a new rallying, need to help with the videos and, and just be around with us and all. It's handy now to have someone. And I kind of said it to Craig I'm, the weekend we're doing safari, and I said, Craig, oh, I need to, I need to, we need to find a replacement. I don't want to be telling you at the end of the year, we need to start at someone, put them someone in the test. Yeah, yeah, typically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, he's not listening. I said, I know he isn't. I said it to James Full. Well, I said, James, look, tip boy here, help me out, do a test. We'll see. And then we did e and the test, we stopped and the test was problem the car last lost the test there. And After Finland, I had to tell him again, but I had to tell his dad, I said, wait, Craig's not listening. I said, I need to, I want to retire, I have to stop. I said, I get too old for this. Uh, and I wanted to go on my terms anyway. And I always wanted to I said, right, we make a decision. Either I go to Monty this year or I stop in Spain and let the new co-driver in, which would have been James. And James and made the two tests and Craig was happy. And I think Craig, like breaking up with a girlfriend back, like we were with him so long and I've spent so much time with Craig. Well, because how I many people
1: describe it like a marriage for, it you know? It is like It is. It is.
0: And like with all my drivers I sat with earlier on, I realistically, since 08 to 23, I'd only sat with Chris and Craig and Andreas for two rallies. So those two were like brothers to me. Chris, we grew up in from nothing to, to, to being drawn in. And children, having children, Craig brought him from his fatality and, and came back into Hyundai. And I felt Spain, yeah, they decided Spain would be our last, and it felt right. My last WRC win, was my first WRC rally, uh, just all felt, felt right. And I wanted to return and, and I had no regrets going. And then mm. uh, typically, Craig, the curveballs came in, I might do six rallies with Hyundai. And, and, but it wasn't like, you know, basically, commitment. People don't relate like to commitment that yeah. you're away. It's 100 flights a year, it's, it's 28, 30 some days away. And you have to stop sometime. You have to hang up the helmet at this level. And I've been so fortunate, so lucky to have the podiums, all the, the wins. And I've, as I said, in the last stage in Sweden and Spain, I did. I lived the dream life. So I'm, I've no regrets whatsoever. And it, it, it felt right.
1: But how beautiful to be in that position where you have no regrets. You've enjoyed. The the majority of it ninety nine point five percent has been fabulous. You've you've got all these wins under your belt, amazing moments. But it's more than that, Paul, because you mentioned it earlier on. It's like a family. We're all like a family. The friendships you've made, the people that you will be in contact with <laughs> for years and years and years. You know whether you like it or not, we're staying in your life. <laughs> you've yeah. got it for so good. <laughs>
0: It's the only thing I miss. I don't miss the big long races and all the videos and all the testing, but missing the people. It 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 does. Mm. I see them around. See the boys. They get messages from Sardinia or from the lads, the co-drivers, and you know I'd love to be involved in that and be around mm. with them and have the crack. But look, I'm lucky enough that Aaron Johnson's out there now, and and James Fuzzy's out in the World Championship as well. You know, and when I came in, it, I was on my own out there, and like at least the, the, there's a couple of Irish boys they still flying the flag and most the, around the academy there as well. So. There's something going on in the background to keep the flags flying out there. But, yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey.
1: It has been an incredible journey. It's, and it's been a brilliant journey. And I'm so glad I, I've seen all of it. Um, it's It's been really nice to witness you working your way up the ladder and having such success. But, my friend, let's talk about Craig. The bit probably, you know, is the hardest bit of the whole podcast to talk about because he's not here and we want him to be here. And we want him to be having the crack with him, but unfortunately he's gone. And when we were supposed to be originally recording this podcast, it it still kind of hits me a little bit in the heart was the night before we actually lost Craig. Um, I still can't quite compute it all. I'm sure it's so, so difficult for you because what a boy. And like you said, he's like a brother to you because you, you spend so much time with him so many good memories over the years paul my goodness i mean there's too many to go through i'm sure but how lucky you are to have spent so much time with such a wonderful human being
0: yeah i think you put it very well there um yeah we had we had we would a very special relationship like i suppose it started so i started i would with the accident and uh in 2012, we always sit together with our teammates in Citroën and, and he, he helped me out in 2019 to win a championship and win my home rally and uh, and win the historic finally. rally as well, my dad's rally. Finally, I win my historic rally as well. So <laughs> he'd helped me all with that and, you know, we'd planned to do a lot this year. I'd said that the involved he was the fourth, I think, when he finished second in Sweden, there was part of me would love to be in it, but there was part of me so proud of him. and then he rang mm-hmm. me straight after. He said, you come to rest rallies now, just hang around and be around." And He said, we'll do the RAC, we'll do... San Remo the yeah, Irish he did in the year and a Phil Mills escort with that deal done, and we, were, we did an M3 coming and we did West Cork again going back to the basic my first ever rally was West Cork which is my last one with Craig and the pitchers and he was a family member here he don't keep the house he could go upstairs he in his own room the kids used to have him here when he was and uh, yeah it's a tragedy that's left in, left a massive hole in Irish motorsport. Um when we got the news on the 30th of April like, it was very hard to very hard to take when I get the call from the FIA about what had happened, and uh, yeah, it's to go up to Croatia and, and, and witness everything and see it—it's it's, it's still surreal. Like it's, but his name will live forever, and, and he'd created history in Ireland, and I'm just glad I'm a small part of that, a small piece of that that history with him. But it has taken Irish motorsport to, to its foundation here it with all the competitors and and. and Organizations and all the young, people, especially the young people. I see a lot of young people are so upset and disappointed. And at the time of the funeral, the, the respect that he had and the character he was, and to see all the WRC drivers fly in, they came in from all over the world to meet him and, and, and say the final goodbye. And people come to the months later to the month's mass. And yeah, he, he's left a big hole in in our sports, but he's left a big hole in our family and part of our lives. And he he'd be greatly missed unfortunately but look it's yeah it's it's hard to hard to believe some days and, and that a simple accident and of all the ones I climbed out of and uh, to see something so simple for him it it is devastating and it will take a long time for me to, to, to come to terms with the whole thing but look we have to stay strong for him and for Ray and Jackie and the family there's plenty more people out there that are, are finding it tough but we had superb times. I look back at the, the fantastic times and it's the memories. You look back in like Safari last year, out in Safari like, and stuff, and Craig's such a different character when we're out, out of the Safari looking giraffes. And and like the comments we'd have with Stain and Jury, if you listen to half the onboards and passing sheep and dogs and giraffes, and uh, there's always words and praises. But and...
1: look, <laughs>
0: yeah, there's enough said, I think, time of the funeral and everything. And uh, I've said very little. I've kind of kept away from from the media and everything and uh, I think I have my own memories of him and I keep him that way but look we have to he has to be remembered and, and
1: yeah he me, d- uh, he does and it, it's it's like it's like we kind of said at the time is that it? it's it's to keep talking about him and that, luckily Paul you know there's so much to talk about because he was such a huge character and and a funny character and naive and, and in, in so many beautiful ways you know I, I loved to see Craig like you mentioned at safari I'm sure discovering things for the first time he was always like a, with a wide-eyed innocence of everything and I, I loved his his character his personality and he, he appealed to so many people around the world because he was just himself there was never any ego or anything about him and I think that's what absolutely everyone everyone loved and that's that's what kept him close to all of us, I think, as well, is because there was no ego. It was just just Craig.
0: No, he t- yeah, yeah, it's a big thing. He touched the souls of, of everybody. Like, it didn't matter if he finished second in Sweden in February, but he'd, he'd, he'd be down in West Cork driving a historic Sierra and he was mm. worried the fellow behind him was catching him and would be laughing. And some of his mates there, Sean Hasner, said, geez, I can't believe you were caught by Mark West Cork inside last stage because the Sierra wouldn't have been as fast. But we just used to laugh. And he'd go to the grassroots rally to the junior 1000s. And he'd go to a forest rally with his dad. And the following day, he'd be testing with Tier Neville. And he'd be back in Ireland or he'd be down here. He'd land to the house drinking tea. And, and he'd come in here. And if my uncle, I saw Twixes on the table. He said, oh, geez, Craig's calling. they knew, like, it's <laughs> yeah. Craig's calling, calling. But it didn't matter. He put end up here on a Monday and he would testing with Neville on a Wednesday. Like, he, he just came and floated. And whatever, I mean, he'd be on about rallies and on about this rally here and the results here and I, I said, Craig, you could do, no, Cam, you don't have all these rallies. I said, I have two kids, don't worry, but I don't be looking at, looking at stage times of, of a, a Leash Forestry Rally or a, a Donegal Forestry Rally. <laughs> he, he did the results of everything and all, who's doing well and everything. But that's why he was so liked at home because he could relate. He could relate to anyone.
1: Yeah, totally. That had
0: an engine, that had an engine. He could relate to anyone that had an engine and they could relate back to him. And he'd want to talk about. A forestry rally in Ireland than finishing second in Sweden and that's really like that's his character like
1: yeah totally totally and yeah like you said you know we're all gonna really really miss him but how lucky you were to spend such a huge amount of time close to him and yeah you keep those memories close to your heart my friend like we all will talk to me about the future for Paul Nagel now then because your wealth of knowledge and experience my friend cannot be lost to this championship you cannot just sit back there in uh, Killarney County Kerry on your laurels and do nothing I'm afraid I'd like to see you still in the sport so what's going to happen next
0: I honestly don't know well, obviously what happened with Craig is after to put it said set, set me back I was going to do some rallies and bits and pieces with that um I started getting training to be get my steward's license, which I'm going to do anyway. I've given the stewards enough money down for the years anyway, to so maybe I can get something back out of that. <laughs> um, I I I I, uh, I I do, do the tracking at home and some of the rallies in Ireland. At home, so I have out in those my home rallies. Uh, I do my best to help out with the academy, the academy co-driver, the Irish Academy with John Kine has gone very big. We've That's great, isn't it? There.
1: With you and know the, the, the European like, Championship and WRC two the the Academy is doing some really strong work.
0: Yeah, and we have a couple of co-drivers in the FI Rally Stars. and helping them out I got them involved there and I go to the Academy days as I said already with the lads and I help out in the young co-drivers out in the World Championship the European Championship. I'll do that. Look, I'm willing to, to get involved and stay involved. I have kept, since I retired, I kind of wanted five or six months off and obviously the last couple of months have been difficult and I kind of switched off as well and I'm just coming around now to starting putting my head down again and get back involved in somewhere, but I'm open to do, do anything at all really and stay involved in the sport but I want to give something back to the sport because it has given me so much and I've got so much out of it that my knowledge and I deserve to give something back to the new generation coming, the young crowd coming up and, and that's where I'd like to get involved and get involved with the young crowd and, and stay involved and I'd like to do some European Championship rallies to help out there, World Championship rallies, whatever is involved, with. I'd like to do something like that going forward, Whatever's open. If you have any offers, Bex, let me know.
1: Oh, I will let you know. I will let you know. Well, you did some commentary with me in Japan last year. So, you know, if you're ever up for any of that, then, you know, do let us know. A media, media career may beckon. You never know, Paul Nagel. As you said, you might reach, you know, a very difficult crossroads where the FIA wants you. Maybe we want you. And, you know, you have to make a decision again.
0: I make all of them in my own good times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am sure you will. Paul, it's been an absolute joy to talk to you about your long career because my goodness, it dates back some, doesn't it? We've gone through a number of rallies and a number of drivers as well until we got to the, the Chris Meek Craig Breen years. Um, you must be satisfied with it all, yes. Do you do you feel a sense of satisfaction and recognition that you gave your utmost and you certainly achieved do you feel that yeah, I feel definitely, for you definitely you I
0: do yeah I definitely do I, I definitely 100 percent do I, I feel I've given I gave it everything and I got everything that I put into. It. I've been so fortunate, so lucky to sit with so many great people. I have been teammates with every world champion since 2002 mm. Um, I have great friends I can call them all my friends i have I've achieved I've achieved as much as I could have um, I have no regrets you speaking about the crossroads every road I took was the right road um, and with all the hardships and the down times and getting sacked and getting dropped and the crashes they'll never pass out the friends the results the podiums the wins the moments and I just I'm privileged to have had such a career
1: Well, well done and congratulations on your career. Um, And thank you so much for talking to me. I will let you go now and get back to your normal everyday life because I've kept you for two hours and 20 minutes. We're definitely onto the record here for WRC Backstories, I feel, but I've enjoyed every single second. Thank you very much. Thank you. For more great World Rally Championship content, head to WRC Plus with its thousands of hours of archive footage and exclusive live programming event review shows and extensive onboards. Special features too on some of the legends of the sport. This is all available at WRCplus.com, the digital online home of the World Rally Championship.